This episode of the Co-Optional Podcast is proudly sponsored by Squarespace. Whether you need a domain name, website, or online store, make your next move with squarespace.com slash co-optional. Welcome, 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 welcome. Where's the unmute button? Welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast. Welcome, 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 yes, Count, to the castle of counting, ah, 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 how many guests do we have? One, five, Five uh, guests. Uh, you, uh, you, uh, you have to count up to that. The, you have to get to the five castle guests. This sure is full of counts, and uh, yet, uh, uh, despite the number of counts, we're not very good at counting. Ah, ah, ah. I think this is going seamlessly. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, Crandall can be our Elmo. Why yeah, we haven't Elmo. done all of these five Whoa. guest podcasts very often? Like this sounds like a great idea. <laughs> I think so. I think it's a great idea. So far, I mean, so I'm good. not really. Not a, I'm like a half guest, half host at this point. Half virus. That's true. Truer words have never been said. <laughs> <laughs> this is like my 25th appearance or something. Jesus Christ! Like making my anniversary. What I is know, the 25th anniversary? He keeps count. Iron. I'm sure. He's the only one that does, but he... Yeah, it's somewhere around there. He makes a special note in his diary every time he's on the show. It's called a journal. All right. Yeah. It's not a diary. And the it's a silver anniversary. Oh, Silver. What do we yeah. have to give him for the silver anniversary? I imagine... Silver. Silver. Oh. One I would mean, imagine that, that would make sense, yes. I'll accept payment in cash as well. Nope, silver it is. <laughs> Only silver shavings. We'll send you a bag. You know, I can take that to the pawn shop. Mm-hmm. No, you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I brought silver you silver shavings. shavings. Okay. You but, can take anything to the pawn shop. Yes? Yeah. Best thing to do is 15. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like uh, five bucks. Well, Dude, five bucks. Would, it's more than I would have gotten. Yeah, I was hoping. <laughs> well, I was hoping for six hundred, but five five dollars is more than I had when I walked in. So I think it worked out pretty well. <laughs> Next time on Pawn Stars. <laughs> oh, geez, I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of silver, but like twenty bucks, I guess we could do. Chumley, why do you eat my lunch? What? But he wants my car. So well. As, as far as I know, this is an original, untarnished Fabergé egg. Best I can do is 45. Well, I was thinking more like uh, seven, uh, $75 million. I'll bring in a guy. I'll bring in a guy. He knows all about eggs. He knows a lot about Fabergé eggs. 
Oh, uh, this is just yeah. an egg painted with uh, sparkles. <laughs> I'm not really sure what you're trying to do here. There's even some googly eyes in the back of it. What the fuck's up with that? Those aren't diamonds at all. That's googly eyes. <laughs> That's all they put on the History Channel now. Where's the history? You don't learn from that. Between some, that and, and Notre Dame's prophecies, there's oh. nothing else on <laughs> they are, No, they got the, uh, the, the gold rush is people too. creating history now. You don't understand. That's its uh. job. It creates. You know, many, many years from now, we're going to look back and we're going to look at the History Channel and say, wow, what oh. a shit show got, this era was. What? They got that show with the treasure hunters too. They hunt for treasure on that island. <laughs> the island that like, like kills you? That island that's yeah. like a totally fake show? They're is like, we could. Yeah, I think it's just called Treasure Island or something. Or no, well, it's like the secret great. island of something. Dr. Moreau, it's a great uh, <laughs> channel is it that uh, has where they they like follow an Alaskan family where the kids just grew up. I think that's oh Discovery. My, yes. Is that yes. Discovery? Yeah, I think that's My Discovery. dad watches that show religiously. <laughs> I love that show. All the kids are so weird. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, that shit. Then the rest of the Discovery's car shows now. They're like, I took my car down to old Billy Bob's garage shack. He's like, you got yourself a truck here. This is why we really need PBS. Yeah. Yeah, it's a ringing endorsement of that, yes. They have this old house. It's like great show. That's a great show. (laughs) It's a great show. PBS, because look at the fucking alternatives. Good God. (laughs) (laughs) That should be all the ad is now, just showing footage yeah, from oak the island. channel. that's what it is oak, oak island. island there we go treasure Great. of oak island and they PBS. talk to some guys Without like us, Vikings were here only 50 years ago that's what it is remember when this podcast is about video games this is why if you don't fund pbs this this podcast <laughs> is going to go downhill i'm just telling you that Dude, they give you a free tote bag when you fund them. Nice. <laughs> In LA, they give you a free beach towel, and it's neon orange. Ooh. Oh, my God. And it says yellow on it. Does it? it does. Oh, well, I mean, that's the reason not to fund them. If I fund them, will they stop doing that? Yeah. Like, can stop I, putting I, yellow, please. Just can ask it's like the to. same color as my Lambo. Uh, if, we, if we if we hit our goal, we will stop sending you shitty things. <laughs> I mean, I've oh I've considered God, that what an amazing campaign. <laughs> as a strategy, I'm pretty sure it's been done as a strategy before. Some people have tried the like, give me a million dollars and I'll go away kind of thing, but I don't think it's ever really worked. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a YouTube channel did that at once one point. Like everyone hated it. It's like if you give me a million dollars, I'll stop making YouTube videos. And people just oh, like, that was, I think it was actually, Sam Pepper. He was trying was to it? do that. Yeah. Yes, yes, that comes. Yeah, yeah. He's like, give me money and I'll stop. Mm. If you all just give me a dollar, I'll be rich. <laughs> it's easy. And then I don't got to do nothing for the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's easy. That's not really how Sam Pepper sounds. You know, he's it's more, a social he's experiment. A, can, you all, can you guys give me a dollar? A, <laughs> we'll see a social how it experiment works. to see how stupid people are, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll invite you all to my garage. We'll have a barbecue when I hit it. <laughs> In in when the you, garage. You it, when I when I hit it. <laughs> when he hits a million dollars. It's like that yeah. guy that did the coleslaw Kickstarter. I was just about to say that. No, the potato salad. salad. The potato yeah, salad. Potato salad. That's yeah. what it was. I was talking about that on my stream the other day. It was in the end. He like threw a big a big picnic for his neighborhood. I mean, my understanding of it is that he he went through with it, right? Yeah. 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 He did. Yeah. He actually fulfilled cool all He made a shitload of potato salad. He's one of the few people on planet Earth. Yeah. Best, but it was one of the best Kickstarters there was. You know, it delivered exactly what it promised. Yep. 
He asked for nothing. That's the best part. <laughs> now that I should have funded that. I, yeah, you I want to try that potato that's salad. Such you, that's such a you thing to fund Crendor. Like I want to know how good that potato salad was. <laughs> Fuck me. Being serious too. I really do. Oh, uh. Well, Yo, so, podcast. We do occasionally talk about video games. Today's episode is, I would have said proudly sponsored by, but I think they're reconsidering that at the moment. Squarespace. Squarespace.com slash co-optional for 10% of your first order and a free trial. Go make the website of your dreams. Um, oh. yes, like for t- ghosts. That's a ghost website. It is a website. <laughs> they don't discriminate. Dead, alive, they don't mind. They don't mind. Yeah. It's all about clicks. Cool. Even yeah. ghosts can click. Yeah. Sure. Just like United Airlines. Dead, alive, they don't mind. They'll take your money anyway. United Airlines, not sponsoring this show. <laughs> you know, speaking of Kickstarter. Oh, no. Boo! Boo! Speaking of Kickstarter and not alive, double segue, the rare double Uh-oh. segue. Wow. It finally arrived. Jesus, this weighs a fucking ton. Yeah! Oh, shit. This thing. This weighs a ton. I cannot imagine what is inside. We will open the box and see what is inside. I want souls to like pour out of it. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is a pretty good start. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it plays the you died chime as you open the it's... box. <laughs> uh, I had yeah, that a lot was... when I played. And then there's like trays of stuff. I don't know why there's a bunch of cards with. The British flag on the back of it? It's That's a cynical a- Brit version. I, I mean, I doubt, oh, I doubt wow. that. Maybe it is. It's, it's just, there's a, let me just, there's a lot of cones and blocks and stuff. Let me put it that way. It's like, oh. Uh, it's like the yeah. human eye, cones and blocks. Dude, blocks. that's what I was going to say. But I didn't say it. So I was like, oh, blocks. Those aren't here. Blocks not right, but it's it's yeah. for a goof. So it doesn't matter. You just go with I it. I wanted to see if they had any, well, I don't even know if the miniatures are assembled. Oh, they are. Okay. Yeah, I found the box with the miniatures in it. Uh, at least some of them anyway. Oh, let's uh, see them. Uh, okay. Shit, the dice sick. have swords on them. Yeah. Oh uh, my. Yeah, there's some Oh, these miniatures are quite fucking good actually. There's uh there's a few. Is that, Yo! Uh, where's that onion though? No. Yeah, uh, where's have... onion bro? Where's onion bro at? Where's sun bro? Dude, history channel needs an unboxing series. You know, a reality I, yeah, unboxing. I, I, I do not believe there is any sun, bro. I'm sorry. There's not enough what memes in this box for you. So, no yeah. onion night. Also, no, it's great. No shit. sun, bro. It's probably expansion. That's not though, Dark Souls. You're gonna, have to, you're gonna have to pick that pen up. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't worth pen. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. I thought Got it was it. on the floor. No. Yeah. I can't wait <laughs> to <laughs> never get around to playing that. So, it looks awesome. Uh, yeah, it's the... so bright in here. Look at this. It's you like are, I'm ascending into heaven. You are whiter than usual. Can you do something <laughs> about that? Go. <laughs> yeah, you can do something about it. Crendo, you're oh, glowing. No. You're, you, I'm glowing. You are, you are the ghost. Yeah. <laughs> I am the ghost. I don't but, know how to fix it. It's just the sun. Close Turn the curtains. Not used to being up at these hours. The blinds, maybe? No, nah, I don't want to do that. I got to go that do invo- that, then. That involves getting up, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm only doing I that love, if I got food I or coffee. I don't want to do that because then I got to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Honestly, what it is. 
We know what to expect when you show I'm up all on about the show. Honesty. We know what we know what we're getting. Yeah. Not a lot. Mm. Yeah. 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 Those are those are nice though. I like the miniature quality of those things. Uh, yeah, man. A lot of the big bosses are coming later in like expansions and stuff. I think I pre-ordered the the gaping dragon, and it was like this thing is fucking enormous and ridiculous. I like the fact you don't have to assemble them. I, I backed this one Kickstarter that looked really cool. I think it was called Drop Fleet Commander. It's like, oh, this is like a fleet battles miniature game. It's like, that's great. That sounds awesome. And, you know, when you back a Kickstarter, especially when you back kind of a higher tier, you expect a game to arrive in like a nice box with the rules and, you know, all the miniatures and stuff. It was a cardboard box with just packing peanuts and sprues full of random shit, basically. Like, I don't think it even had instructions on what everything was, where to assemble it. I'm pretty sure the rules, like, download the rules online. It's like, I backed a box of plastic shit, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very disappointing. Like, most of the board games and stuff I backed on Kickstarter have been pretty good. Like, quality-wise, they've been kind of what I was looking for. The Orcs Must Die one maybe could have been a little better than it was. I think you kind of need to paint those miniatures for them to look good because they're very, they're very like everything is blue, like bright blue plastic. It's like, well, that's not what I think of when I think of orcs. I think, I don't know, green. Um, that all orcs are green. That's racist. Yeah, that's racist as shit. Uh, yeah. Perhaps, but outside of that, though. Like, You're thinking of Tolkien's orcs? Maybe uh, you should expand your mind into other universes. Most of them have been good, but yeah, that was... <laughs> That was a box of crap. I haven't even bothered to do anything with it. So, well, I'm, I'm, this is this, you didn't put any effort into this. Like, come on, right. that's sad. But no, the Dark Souls board game looks interesting. I'll see. I'll probably never get around to fucking learning it. But at least I have the miniatures on my uh, on my shelf or something. That'll be all right. Looks cool. Your your copy is arriving soon, Jesse, isn't it? I know. I'm very excited. I want to play it. Did you back any I of the bosses as well? No, I only only the the main. Crendor, game. keep fucking with. Stop fucking with your mic, Crendor. Jesus. What? What? You're tickling your mic. Stop it. Crendor, we have we have construction happening in our office right now. And Do we it's have not, to make this worse? It's not nearly as loud as your mic right now. What? <laughs> <laughs> So you're fine. <laughs> Pasta right. pizza, man. Stop Jeez. touching it. Pasta pizza, man. Stop touching it. I'm just trying to, you know, chill out with You've my Power Rangers. You've been seven years now? Don't touch the mic. <laughs> uh, Eight years, actually. All right. Uh, <laughs> too long. Too long, buddy. <laughs> mm. Yeah, tickle the mic. Stop you, it. you know what the sad thing is? He Stop has it. actually, like, probably the best audio setup of any of us. And... He just. Well, I just copied yours, and then I added some stuff. Yeah, so he's got a he's got a better audio setup than any of us, and he screws with it by fucking with it. Stop. <laughs> God. Pastel of pizza, man. It's like you buy the best set of knives that exists, <laughs> the best chef's quality <laughs> knives, like handed down through hundreds of years of ancestry. There's a history to each one of those <laughs> knives. Told orally only, not written down. Told orally from son to son to son, passed down generation to generation. You're the motherfucker that makes fucking bagel bites with them. <laughs> bagel bites are great. Yo, but like that's a skill. You have to make like the little tiny bagel <laughs> and then put the sauce on it with the cheese. Like that's, if he didn't like, unless he bought them. But if you made it from scratch, scratch made bagel bites. That's impressive. That's a, that's a skill. Those are delicious. Those are. <laughs> Play bagel bites. Yeah. Bagel bites. Yeah. You haven't eaten those since eighth grade, dude. I, I bought that some. When it All right, I hadn't eaten them since like freshman year of high school. Bought some the other year, uh, 
and they were they were pretty mediocre (laughs) but i was happy that i tried them again you just had that delightful you know what not very good but i'm glad i had it yeah yeah i want to make a restaurant and look there's restaurants in la where you can get like handmade pop tarts i want to get i want to do a restaurant that is handmade bagel bites like we made these little tiny bagels fresh and we i bet that exists of course it exists are you kidding me it absolutely exists no one thinks about bagel bites no one is is it me or do you guys do you guys go on facebook and see those like video like restaurants that are like there's a restaurant somewhere in the middle of america that created this insane fucking dish in los angeles and you watch it and you're like that can't be fucking real it's like it's gonna be like the equivalent of like facebook food clickbait that's there's no way people are like going to this place and buying these disgusting things that exist uh you no. friend, have lived on the coast far too long <laughs> <laughs> you do not know what the middle of america is like in any I mean, way understand what yeah, if I mean, we took five donuts yeah, let me tell and we you. cut them in half and put a giant hamburger in the middle of it. That is pretty much the <laughs> Kentucky State Fair is like, what can we inside a donut this year? <laughs> and then deep fried. <laughs> Every year, that's what it is. It's like Krispy Kreme hamburger sounds good to me. It's like, can sure. we combine chili with donuts in some way? Only if we deep fry it. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> I know that you can deep fry butter, but what if we just deep fried liquid fat <laughs> did that work yeah. they're like yes it can yeah. can we deep fry the deep fry I'm oh sure you, you guys are 50 years behind scotland at this point they have been doing this shit for a long time you are amateurs in comparison yeah scotch eggs man we're, look we're a young nation give us time but that's the healthiest thing they make scotch <laughs> eggs is yeah. their health food <laughs> i mean so good Chili cheese donuts. Now you guys got me thinking. If you take Chili away the glaze, donuts, be bad. You take the glaze off, that wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be a bad thing. I think it would be bad. I think it would be artery clogging. Yeah, you would die from bad. it, but it wouldn't yeah. taste awful. Yeah. yeah. Since I started right. my yeah, like, health routine workout, I've just been dreaming about the best chili fries in the world. I love chili fries. You know what? What if you put it on salad? Dude, nacho tots. Nacho tots are the nacho way. Nacho tots. Oh, nacho tots. That sounds awesome. Buffalo nacho tots with like buffalo sauce on that shit, dude. Let's Someone go. counted. Buffalo Let's sauce go. on my nachos. You crazy. Welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast. We do occasionally talk about video games. <laughs> Come on the show. We're going to be talking about the games that we've been <laughs> playing this week. Speaking of Co-Optional Podcasts, apparently I've only been on 21. 21 podcasts. Well, but you can drink That's now. 20 too many, at least. now. <laughs> <laughs> I only brought you on for one reason, and that reason was for you to talk about and defend ukulele. And I brought brought Gerard on because I also know he's played ukulele, so you'd have someone to converse with rather than you sitting atop a pulpit for 45 minutes extolling the virtues of our lord and savior, Yuka-fucking-lele. That is the reason you are here, sir. Do not assume more than that. I will always assume more, first of all. (laughs) And second of all... It's a great game. Let's talk about ukulele. All right. Yeah, let's just hop in, man. Okay, you you've played it. Gerard's played. It. Anyone else touched it? I nope. didn't wind up touching it. All right, it, cool. I mean, Gerard has a T-shirt, so he's gonna go full <laughs> fucking rooster teeth on this and go and <laughs> he's he's gonna go off on a rampage about how Jeff Gersman's just looking for attention while we're his fucking pit boy now. That's how it's gonna go. <laughs> I see it. Wow. Gerard's be bored wow. off. 
No <laughs> doubt about it. Gerard has also a hundred percented the game. He has, yeah. yes. Well, I mean, yeah. that, my, that's almost like video, that's his job or my something. Video on it just like is coming out right now. So if you're watching this live, you can go watch my video. Shit, Don't do dude. that. No, fuck you, Gerard. Damn. No. Hey, wait, I, never, I never promote anything hours. on the show when I'm on. This is my one plug. Wait, I'm, wait three hours, then go watch. <laughs> Fuck All right, you. wait three hours. Wait, put it on your like add later list. Watch Dude, later. That's list. a thirty-three minute video. It is. I made a thirty-three minute video about it. Oh, how adorable! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's real. That's real cute. Thirty-three yeah. minutes. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, you're a big boy now. Yeah, that's real great. You get a couple <laughs> bucks of that YouTube red any minute now, right? Guys, I'm real glad to be a part of the Co-optional Podcast today. <laughs> real, real stoked to be a guest, <laughs> helping out. Talking about games, I'm I'm glad to be here. Thank you. The roast of Gerard Khalil brought to you by Co-optional. Watched <laughs> by Squarespace. Indeed, yeah. yes. Extra value. No Dude, doubt a lot about of roasts it. are really bad lately. Yeah. No. I mean, no. They're mostly. Stop. <laughs> Stop. We're gonna but talk about you doing it now. Oh yeah. You almost, you almost fucking did it. You almost drew me off topic. Stop that immediately. I'm a master God. derailer. When Jesse has to be the voice of reason, you know this shit's going <laughs> to hell. Three intros. It is already twelve thirty-nine. We have to go. Yuka, Laylee. All right, Crendor, your opening statement in the defense, please. All right, uh, opening statement. Game's an eight out of ten. All right. Why? All right. First off, let me tell you why it's not a two out of ten. Uh, it okay, actually starts up. Okay, we're gonna argue up. about made-up scores now. Great. <laughs> Right, Why didn't you bring Jim Sterling on the show? Let me think for a second why that was a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> Listen, if I think that, I think I'm going to start up the game and it's going to crash and give me a virus if it's like a 1 or 2 out of 10. So uh, what's, a, what's the difference between 1 out of 10 and a 2 out of 10 then? If a 2 out of 10 is going to crash and give you a virus, a 1, one doesn't even start. Do? It just gives you a virus. Oh, great. Okay, that's the distinction, right? Good to yeah. know. 3 out of 10, though, that'll run and won't give you a virus. But, yeah. you know, possible real-life consequences, I don't know, gout? That's yeah. something that's a possibility. Probably gout. Gout. Uh, a three that's out like, of ten gives you gout. Yes. Yeah, that's like three, three uh, out of ten that's is like gout. bad rats. Yeah. Bad rats gave me gout a couple of times. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. I, I'm glad we, uh, we got the scale, the objective score scale, finally nailed down, so everyone could stop arguing about it now. There you go. Three out so, of ten is gout. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Uh, I thought that it was a fun game. I didn't think it was like the best game i was like this is the greatest thing ever played. but i thought they did what they said they'd do i thought it was uh an old school rare platformer which is what i wanted and it was just a modernized version of an old school rare platformer like people that were complaining like the camera i'm like have you played donkey kong 64 oh my god i wanted to Ugh, sorry, go ahead. Here's the thing. You just said, though, it was a modernized version. So surely a modernized version should fix the camera problems, right? Like, no, 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 no. There's no, no, there's no nostalgic reason it's to It's not keep an a bad updated camera. version. It's just a modernized version. What's the difference? What I'm telling you, it's the same thing. It's you got didn't the tell same me little... anything. The cameras. All right. Have you played ca- Donkey right. Kong 64? Yes, the camera is shit. Exactly. But... <laughs> the- Okay, but why That's wouldn't you fix that? That's part of the experience. That? No, it's not. How does that benefit you? How does that make the game better? It's not about making the game better. It, what? It's about making the game worse? No, it's not about making it worse. It's about what, keeping what, it the same. But you said it was modernized, so why would it be it the is. same? It's but the same. How is game. it modernized? <laughs> it's the same type of issues that those old school things had. But you said it was modernized. It so is. So why would it have the same issue? 
Listen, we're gonna, we're doing a who's on first here, all right? Yeah, but how how how, uh, how is it being modernized? I want like points. All right, two updated things. Updated graphics. The graphics are updated. Okay. Yep, I can accept that. Great. What else? What else has been uh, modernized? They've added. You know, there's some different little platform puzzles they've put in. Uh, how, how, that's not modernizing though. That's just putting different puzzles in. Well, I mean, you know, it's modernized. Listen, it's mainly how, just updated graphics. It's on your computer now. You don't need to own a console to play it. And it's just a, it's just a fun little platformer, rare blast of the past, and you got some nostalgia out of it. And uh, I did think that well, there's issues with it, but I want to see if Gerard or what Gerard thinks first. I mean, I also want to see what Gerard thinks because it might be more coherent. So let's see what Gerard has to say. <laughs> um, well, I think I think the important thing to know is I was talking about this with Jesse. Uh, the reason why my video was 33 minutes because like I kept reading what everyone was saying, trying to like find what I really wanted to say. And the big thing that is that I actually, like Krendor, I absolutely loved ukulele. I think that there is a lot good going for it. Um, the biggest thing is that all of the complaints in regards to the camera and the graphics and FPS dropping, all of it was taken care of before the game even came out. Um, and that to me is huge, right? Like I think out the gate, the problems that were there while valid, most of them were taken care of, and they still suffer from it. Wait, so, so you're saying the camera's all being sorted out? and It's, uh... it's, it's not 100% sorted out, depending on, on which version of the game you're playing. But, like, I played it, I, I completed the whole game on PC, and I didn't have that much problems with the camera, with the exception of, like, one or two sections. Yeah. There, the camera problem, in my opinion, isn't so much I can't control the camera or the camera's a problem. The camera becomes a problem in certain sections where it's telling you to look somewhere, like certain boss fights or certain elements of platforming. Even when you start to fly with ukulele, it forces the camera in those regards. Those are the only moments in which the camera is truly a big problem. Whereas everything else, I really feel like if you've played a 3D platformer, cameras, to what Krendor was trying to say at least, Krendor, uh, the cameras are always hard. You either, I feel like you either get really good at doing 3d platformers and dealing with the camera or it's just struggle you struggle with them because the camera is just kind of a an ongoing beast mario so, galaxy uh, is, is a I mean, great game are you saying that like you can't you couldn't do it better like there's not a way to do it better with a modern 3d platformer? I, 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 I think i think it's hard to I, I think that uh and and i think the important thing to go with that too is this game it this game is trying to in my opinion this game is is it's it's a game that everyone's been wanting, right? Everyone's been wanting Banjo Three for a long time. The fans of the Banjo series and the 3D platformers like Donkey Kong sixty four. This game's for them, and so I I think it's it's hard to like, you know, people paid to have this experience, and so I think it's difficult to. It's hard to change too much. Well, yeah, it, 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 you, updating things is nice, right? Like like for instance, modernizing the game. We we're talking about it earlier. One of the biggest modernizing things, while in today's day and age is like, wow, that's not a big thing, but it is for the genre, is not having collectibles for your ammo and stuff. In the original Banjo-Kazooie and Donkey Kong 64, you needed to get everything. You needed to get feathers and eggs and all kinds of crazy shit in order to keep playing the game. But to kind of match the modernized style of it, they just gave you an energy bar that replenishes itself. So they did take creative liberties to try and get it up to snuff of what modern gaming is but at the same time they also wanted to keep true to like the nostalgic roots of banjo kazooie and and the other rare platformers that kind of came around um yeah i think i think it's great i i um my video is probably one of the ones that was like this is truly a fun experience 
I think the PC version is is near perfect. I had no problems with it at all. The game never crashed. Mm-hmm. Good loading times, tight controls. Uh, it was it was great. I know that all, almost all the problems I read were almost PC or console exclusive, but mm-hmm. there, were, um, in my- uh, there were certainly some performance issues on console. Although I find it very interesting that performance issues suddenly get brought up now, whereas for big releases they get fucking glossed over. Like for say fallout 4 you know it's like yeah that game (laughs) apparently is like oh well this game ran like shit on console launch but if you pointed that out then you're obviously just looking for attention because this game's amazing what i was thinking was like a lot of people except when it does i thought a lot of people were overly critical of it because it was a kickstarter and they're like i back this game so i want like so that made them more critical of it this is what i told sorry this is this is what i told gerard too uh, I think much like RTS games, the 3D platform jumping game of the 90s that we all knew and love, and I guess early 2000s, I think that genre is just dead. dead. Like I think, yeah. I think the camera angles and all the problems that people have are reasons why the genre is dead. And this game, like Gerard said, wasn't created for a mass audience to be like, because you're not going to get back that audience. People have moved on. Just like RTS, it's now MOBAs. People have moved on from that. And I think, um, well, except the several million people that are pl- still playing StarCraft and may very well play like, Food War Remastered. Like but we're talking like the, the boom I mean, of there are RTS. A few. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're yeah. talking about like the reason why there aren't a million RTS games right now. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and same thing with, uh, you know, these 3D platforming games. It's one of those things where they don't exist anymore because of all the problems that came from them. And everything that everyone's bringing up is a valid criticism of that genre. It was always that way. Those games were always like that. The camera was always shitty. And if you are a fan of that, you're a fan of it despite all of that. And this game is for that person. And so everyone is like, fuck this thing. It's stupid and garbage. It's clearly not meant for you, my friend. This is a fan game meant for fans. And yes, it sucks that it won't get like a huge bump and and the internet won't approve of this game. But at the same time, it wasn't meant for them. And I think the thing is that everyone got caught up in the hype of like, it's it's Banjo 3, dog. Like, this is it. It's going to be amazing. And I think a lot of that was people who just probably didn't even play that shit to begin with. So I was even wondering so, how many people, like how long it had been since they'd played Banjo-Kazooie oh, I, or Banjo-Tooie or any of big, those games. I think this is a big factor to a lot of this. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you played colored glasses. You played yeah. those very recently, Crendor. Yeah, I played I, I, in the I, past I year. Like I completed them. them to prepare myself for ukulele. And when I was reading all the reviews, I was everyone was like, well, that's not what Banjo is about. And I was like, that's exactly what Banjo is about. <laughs> yeah. they, they set out Those, to, like, they had a promise of what they were going to do, and they did exactly that thing. There, there yeah. is an image in the mind of a lot of people. This is not the only uh, genre. I've been talking about this a lot when it comes to uh, first-person shooters. Um, the, the thing with Quake Champions is quite similar to the situation right now. Like, people have this idealized idea in their head about what an arena shooter is and what they Absolutely. want out of an arena shooter. So everything Quake Champions does, people shit on. It's like, this isn't the this isn't a real arena shooter. This is not how arena shooters were. I'm like, when was the last time you played one? Like, because right. if it was 10 years ago, chances are, one, you're a lot older, your preferences have changed. And secondly, you don't seem to know what it is that you want out of this. And you're suggesting that just because they made a change to something that this is now unacceptable. So what, you want the same game? I, do you even know what you want in this particular situation? I I think that th- there is definitely an issue with people that 
had this idealized view of what those games were. And in reality, a lot of those games came around the N64 PS1 era with shitty 3D cameras and shitty yep. 3D design. You know, talking about, you know, where well, your best examples of genre are Banjo and probably Crash Bandicoot, which still have pretty major control issues. And then you look at stuff like Spyro and the really Conquer. shit stuff, you know, Conker's Bad Fur Day. You know, Dude, most of these were made by the Conquer. same company, by the way. <laughs> Conquer. I played Conquer only like four or five months ago. Conquer's that great game. game. If it had some of the issues in that game, like if Ukulele had some of the issues Conquer has, people would be flipping their shit like this is garbage. Like there's the like you know how if you jump right and you look below you, you see your shadow on the mm. ground like oh that's where i'm gonna land conquer doesn't have that you just have to guess where mm. you're gonna land well, and, and i was like what what here's the thing with playing with nostalgia like this there's only two outcomes that i've seen so far very rarely is everyone happy you're either gonna get a ukulele where it's designed and this is just like making video game movies where there's only really two no one's ever gonna be happy but like you get ukulele, which is it's gonna make hardcore fans happen. Everyone's gonna be like, "Fuck this!" Or you're gonna have something like Mighty Number no. Nine. Mighty Number like, Nine. Let's try to <laughs> I knew that's what you were gonna say. <laughs> yeah, let's try to make something totally different, but still be like capture the vibe. And everyone's like, "What the fuck is this? It's not uh, Mega Man." I, I would say I'm gonna disagree with you because I think there's a third option, and I think that third option is a game like Shovel Knight. Now, the argument that's been made for Shovel Knight is that Shovel Knight is the game that people think they remember they used to play on the nes basically <laughs> the that's, idealized that's, yeah, right. version. shovel knight shovel knight is that game but it captures the emotion not the but not the bullshit yes like it they it that's the shovel knight is a game that exists through rose tinted spectacles and it's good because they made yep. the game that people thought they remembered playing 20 years ago in reality yeah. if you actually went back and played that game you'd notice it was full of frustrating bullshit. They took yep. a lot of that out and they kept the stuff that people liked. The problem that some people seem to be having with ukulele is that that isn't true. But then if you're making the argument that ukulele was just made for people strictly this market that played banjo and games like it recently and really enjoyed them in spite their flaws and would have had to do that in order to enjoy it, that's a niche of a niche of a niche, right? That's but I think a very that's what small they were going. Group of like, people. I think... According to the Kickstarter, at least from what I, I know, that these two guys probably know more than me, but at least according to the Kickstarter, that's what it seemed like they were going for. Like, this isn't for mass marketing. This is, like, for you guys, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's going to, like, go well because it'll come out on the Switch, too. And I think with the lack of games on the Switch, a lot of kids will just buy it because they're not going to be like, does this game have excellent gameplay? They're going to be like, I want the Lizard game. <laughs> and they'll be <laughs> like, all true. right, get them the Lizard game. Yeah. Well, that you are very much down with the kids, Crendor. I trust your opinion on this. <laughs> well, we, you, you kind of have to ask yourself, like, you know, ukulele was not only made for the adults that played those games and backed it, but I think it's meant for a new generation of gamers who don't really have, like, that much mascot gaming nowadays. The kind of mascot gaming essence that exists well, is no longer a thing it's like mario no, sonic yeah, ma mascot gaming is a real it's a real thing yeah i you might be right on that but if that's true and these people don't have a lot of experience with stuff like banjo and spyro etc surely they're going to go into ukulele and be horribly frustrated by it right if you're saying that it's well, a game that I mean, was designed if that's the case for the then why if that's the case then why did any of us pick up banjo kazooie on the n64 when we were kids 
we didn't have much of a choice. I mean, if we wanted like a, a there weren't 3D, nearly as many options. A three D any game. You know, there's a one of the reasons mascot gaming around that time was so popular is because we're entering three D and we couldn't properly model real faces. So they came up with cartoon characters because they were easier to model and easier to make look good. That's why all of these mascots weren't human. Sure. Look, I was obsessed with Spyro, so it worked. Yeah, <laughs> man. I was Kids like, yes! That's Spyro's why I think it'll sell really well on the Switch yeah. if they put it on the Switch. Exactly. I mean, it might. That's assuming that we're still in a world where people give a fuck about mascots anymore. Like, outside of nostalgia. Like, can you think of a recent, well, like, maybe over the past mean, 10 years, a mascot that's become popular, like, in the last 10 years, that isn't, like, already something like Sonic or Mario or whatever that's, you know, already around? Anything? Right. No, but, but I I think I think what Crendor was trying to say though is that kids are still going to like brightly colored like interesting looking characters. And if there's a kid who has a Switch at home and doesn't have that many games to play and sees ukulele as an option, they'll probably be like, "I want to play that." Right? Because it yeah. like I was at GameStop yesterday picking up some games and there was a kid in front of me who was his dad was like, "What do you want to play? Do you want to play ratchet and clank and or do you want to play the the yooka lizard thing and the kid immediately said i want the lizard because the contrast of of ratchet and clank being like you know darker orange colors versus like the bright and and you know ca cartoonish appeal of yooka i would say yooka is a little more cartoonish than than uh than ratchet and clank is the child will learn a valuable lesson that day <laughs> They made well, a horrible I, mistake. When I was a kid, I played so many like random ass games that I didn't care about. I was like, I played rented Scooby Doo Adventure. <laughs> it's like random shit like that. And I'm like, oh, that was fun. But like, if I played it now, I'd be like, this is garbage. <laughs> Incidentally, think, uh, the, you know, the things like the camera controls were not by any means the only complaint that quite a lot of reviews had about it. The right. controls were an issue, but quite a few people have said that they don't really like the way that the worlds are designed. They don't like the fact that there are areas that you're not even sure that you can reach and you might need an ability that you haven't got yet, which That's means you have part to backtrack an awful like, lot. Platformer genre. Like the mm -hmm. whole like is you're not it, supposed though? to have all your abilities right off the start. You I mean that's that's what Metroid that's all well all Metroidvania kind of games would do. But do, I mean, I didn't play a lot of those games, so you'd have to tell me, you know, did yeah, Banjo yeah, Kazooie have a lot of that stuff in it? It's definitely reflective of, of, of the 3D platformer genre of the N64 era because DK64, Banjo-Tooie, Banjo-Kazooie, Conker's Bad Fur Day, you had to get to a point in which, hey, here's the level, you're familiar with it, you know all the ins and outs, there are challenging things in your way that you can't progress through, maybe it's time to come back when you when you've learned and grown and gotten more and so when you move on in the game you learn more about the character you get more skills you can do more things then you go oh shit i can go back and take care of those things that were once a problem and so you go back there and suddenly you know more stuff is happening and you can do more things and that definitely like that to me is exactly what those 3D platformers are even in Mario Galaxy and Mario Galaxy 2 there are levels that you don't know, necessarily need moves but you may not know what to do because you weren't introduced to something, you know, well, I, jumping in certain ways. Can I jump in here with a, just a question to the entire group? Why does it seem that it's perfectly okay as a concept in a uh, Metroidvania game, but not in a game like this? Like the idea that, well, I can't get there now, but I bet I can get there eventually when I find the double jump. But in this, uh, it's like, 
right? The, ans- like, the answer I have question. to that is in most of the Metroidvania style games I've played, they clearly signpost that. Like, um, great example would be, you know, one of my favorites going back to, oh God, why have I forgotten the name of it? It's like, I love this game and I've completely forgotten it. It was the Lucha, Lucha Libre uh, Metroidvania game. Oh, right. Um, Gua- Guacamele, yes, there yeah, you go. Yeah, Guacamele. Yeah, Guacamele very clearly signposted that. You know, it's the good old Red Gate, Yellow Gate, Green Gate kind of situation where it was very clear that you needed a specific move to pass a certain point. And there's quite a few Metroidvania games that I've played. I think Ori uh, did a fairly similar-ish kind of thing Whereas, like, you clearly need something here. What I've heard about ukulele is that it puts things in positions where it seems like, yeah, you could totally get up there. And then it turns out that you can't. And you're Mm -hmm. left trying to figure out, do I need a new ability or am I just doing this wrong? And it ends up sort of being a frustrating experience trying to figure out which. Do you agree with that? I agree. That also has to do with, like, the kind of 3D spatial understanding of, like, what's going on. Because, like, there's a big difference between that and, like, you know, more 2D Metroidvania style games where it's like, I can clearly see that I can't get up there, you know, just at a glance. I know that I cannot jump high enough for is, that. Is there so anything wrong with just putting a sign that literally says you can't get up there? I mean, I think that that kind of... Well, usually that, they'll like hint towards stuff. Like, for example, yeah. you see something and it's like, oh, it's a block of ice. I bet I need something that will melt that. Just like using, it's I like think, puzzle logic. Yeah. Like, okay. And then like in the hub world, usually how you progress through the hub world, because I've seen people be like, I get lost in the hub world. I don't know where I'm going. Uh, usually by unlocking the moves, you progress through the hub world. So you're like, oh, I can't get up there. And then you're like, oh, I got this move. Now I can get up there. And you get up there and you're like, oh, this goes to the next area. And like, it's just, it's all progression through the, the game. Like the game. So you've got to be tapped into the game's puzzle logic in order to realize that because the game doesn't tell you at all in I any mean, way. If, well, it hints I, towards it. I was going to say, I think if I came up to an ice block and and then my character voice was like, oh man, I really wish I had something to melt this ice block. I'd be like, yeah. I need something else. There's, there's right? a prime like, example. That's there's a, a pretty example. big indicator. There's a prime yeah. example of that in ukulele. There's a tunnel and you start you try to go in it and... And Laylee goes, oh, man, we can't go in here yet. There's something weird about this place. And Yuka's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't breathe. I, I, we shouldn't go in there. We're, 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 we're dying. And then you get a power-up that lets you go through there. And so it's like there are a lot of hints throughout the game that tell you, hey, maybe this thing that you're trying to experience right now isn't meant to be experienced right now. And you have to try and find other solutions. And there are workarounds, too. There's one puzzle in the first level where – uh, it requires you to be able to have like a double jump float. And if you are careful with your with your platforming, you can actually go, oh, you know what? I think if I'm just really good at jumping around, I can actually still do this puzzle. And there's a lot of, in my opinion, that's different solutions across the board because there are a lot of pages that you can get that if you just were patient and thought about it, you, yeah, things are easier if you have a skill or two, or you can just practice and and, and do it right or do it a different way. Yeah, there uh, were a couple of times I did that where I would like jump and I'd hit X and you do like a like a dash going that way. and I was like, oh, I didn't even need to learn glide. I just did yeah. it that way. Like, right. But I personally find that confusing because I'd be wondering, well, did I just glitch this or was it uh, was it intentional that I was able to get through this or not? Is this something they're going to patch now? But I think uh, that's I why it's made for the people that enjoy that type of genre. Because it's like, I go back to Banjo-Kazooie or Banjo-Tooie or any of those games, and it's the exact same type of thing. 
I'm just I, used to that at that point after playing yeah. those games. I don't know the way that TB the way that you're wanting that to go sounds so handholdy to me. Like to me, it's more about walk up, not having my time wasted by bullshit. Well, I mean, I guess, but. Like, like going back to uh, the the 2D version of it, Hollow Knight really didn't have much of those. Like, well, you can't go here. Like, it just you literally. There were moments where you had to realize, oh, I have to come back here later, right? Like, you got that idea too, yeah? Uh, I'm. I mean, like, there are tons of areas that you go to where you're like, there's obviously something here, but I cannot go through. Like, right. you walk up to something and there's spikes on the top and bottom, and you're like. I yeah. can't go through there. Well, I mean, or as there's long as a it's jump that you just can't make, and you're like, as all right, as apparently obvious, I get a super jump later. But the problem is, if you have inconsistency in that respect, where there are some areas that it's very obvious that you can't advance without a certain skill, and that's fine, you realize, okay, I'm going to come back later then. But then there are others where it's not so obvious, and you end up wasting a bunch of time trying to get to something that, in reality, you couldn't get to, regardless of what you try, without that ability. And yet, the game sort of misled you into believing that. Then I'd view that as a design problem. As long as the they're not doing that, then that's not a problem. In the case of ukulele, though, after after really spending a lot of time in it, that that essence of, oh, I don't have this thing yet, isn't a thing that happens often. It happens less than maybe three or four times in the entire game you're playing it in which you're going, oh, I can't do this part yet. Maybe I should come back. And you, like, based on the threshold of how you progress, and that's the whole thing about Banjo-Kazooie and 2E and 64 is... You don't need to complete everything in order to move on in the game. You can get half of the items or even a quarter of the items and still move forward. And then if that's the pace you want to go, you then unlock things faster. And so you can go, oh, maybe I should go back or maybe I can keep going forward. It's kind of the essence of you can do whatever you like. You can make the decision yourself. It's just a matter of I want to do this right now or do I want to try and figure it out later? Mm. Yeah, and I mean, one of the complaints I did have was I didn't really like uh, the final boss that much. I don't know what you thought, but at least the first couple of phases of the final boss, I was like, eh. I've heard I enjoyed the final phase. Forever. It was confusing at first. It was confusing at first, but once I figured it out, it was just one of those things where you have to do a lot of things in succession, and if you die, mm -hmm. you start all the way back to the beginning of that fate, that whole process. Mm -hmm. um, which is how they all are, every one of those games. But, uh, like, compared to, for example, I did the K rule fight in Donkey Kong a little bit ago. And in that one, you, like, swap between each Kong. So you're like, all right, now you're in the boxing ring with Donkey Kong. And you kind of learn, like, okay, I got to do this thing. I got to go to the top of the boxing ring and then jump down and then shoot out of a barrel. And you use all the moves you've learned throughout the game to defeat the final boss guy. But in this one it didn't really indicate it all that well, what you're supposed to do. Like in Donkey Kong, it was like, okay, there's the barrel. I got to get in the barrel. I got to shoot him. And this one, it's like, bees are on you. Go. And I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. Oh, right. <laughs> did you, yeah, did but, you get a chance to, to that watch? Point, or, there are multiple ways to do that fight. They just don't tell They It's like you have, I think by the end of the game, you get 15 to 17 uh, skills overall. And mm -hmm. any, way you use those skills can determine the, the way of the fight like you don't have to play the one way to fight the fight there's several w different ways to fight uh capital b that is true because at first i was doing the you know how you roll around as a ball and then you get a force feel around you i i did the same thing and then yeah. it's like oh but if i do the sonic blast it's yeah different. 
Yeah, so then I switched to Sonic Blast, and I was like, oh, that's easier. See, that's true. There are multiple yeah. ways. I just thought that the, at least the second phase, where you just shoot snowballs at him for like 10 minutes, I thought that was not the greatest of phases. But, I mean, I like I enjoyed the final phase, the Tier 3 phase. Yeah, if uh, you get the chance to watch the zero punctuation video on this game. No. Because, no. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Because one of the main complaints that he had about it and this included the final boss fight and a lot of other stuff, was the inconsistency of the way that certain abilities worked in the sense that this ability, you get this ability to do a certain thing, and it's like, well, yeah, this does this, but except in this circumstance, it doesn't do this. And it w that was apparently the case with certain enemy types and certain bosses, and that these abilities would only do the thing in certain circumstances and that it didn't really make a lot of sense did you encounter anything like that in there at all not really i i yeah. thought i thought that the skills just made the game flow that much better like you can yeah. you can do the the super oh, yeah, it was the, the super... fire tongue thing apparently there was something with fire the fire tongue ability and torches like you could light your tongue on fire, but not like torches would still burn you or so. I don't like. I say I'm played the game. I'm trying to get information so, out of you guys. Okay, so. okay. So, so here, okay. So there's two different kinds of elements that you can consume in order to, uh, to like change the way that ukulele functions. Right. The first one is projectiles based on plants. So you can eat like a fire plant and breathe fire. The second one is you can eat like a pot of coal, and it'll make ukulele's body impervious to flame and keep okay. the body warm and so those are two different things that you can do at the same time you can be heat all hot all the way through and shoot fire if those elements are around um but if but those things are only temporary because it's like they go through i mean this is the way i'm rationalizing it he eats it and it goes away so um yeah i mean it, in those moments when you are eating the hot coal, you are impervious to flame. But if you don't have that, then you take damage from flames. Yeah. Fire. I was never having a problem with that either. I wasn't like, oh man, I lost my flame. But like, I mean, and it wasn't like it wasn't like there was a uh, unlimited uh, like a limited amount. There, if you messed up or ran away, you can just always walk back and get more of it. Yeah. Like and the were, one to expand that as well, so it would last longer. For example, on the the ice world there's a flame pot so you eat the coal and you're like okay and then you progress up a little bit and you jump onto another pot of coal that isn't lit yet and that one lights up and you're like oh now i can eat from that one you just keep progressing up and up until you get to the reward at the end yeah and so i didn't think it was that confusing or anything uh but i, I was, this game was pretty straightforward i mean but maybe yeah. then again then again i'm like this game i feel was like made for someone like me where I, through the 3d platforming genre that everyone says died is my favorite type of game and i've i've i live eat and breathe mario banjo donkey kong 64 like this this game was designed for someone like me so when i played it it just felt really good all the way through yeah like there were complaints as reading someone said how did they say there like the 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 aiming and the shooting of the projectiles is just so bad because you can't move as you're shooting them and i'm like that's how that's how it always is that's not that's no that that, uh, that is not a reason for anything. That's just because it always is. Is not a reason for that design element to be in the game. But this but again, that's a nostalgic how, game. They're it, making an old school the, nostalgic game, so that bullshit, at least validates man. some sort of reason. You, you have to have I, a I, reason for that to be there. Like, I think how, this is the problem. Is this is a game created for like like the people who just don't care. 
but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a good game. It just means that it's created for those people who will automatically overlook it. If Yeah, and if you're going to overlook it, that's fine. But when you then go and complain that a review didn't like it because they didn't overlook it because it's their job not to overlook it, that then becomes a problem, surely. If there's going to be a limitation in the game, like, say, you can't move and shoot, then there has to be a reason for that to be there. It, Wait, does it somehow... are you talking about precision shooting? Yeah, precision I, shooting. Is, is that what it's talking about? Because again, I haven't played it, so I don't know. Yeah, because you because you can run and shoot no problem, but if you want to like actually aim, like yeah, like scope aim, in. I I would argue it's like pulling out a sniper rifle, right? You zoom yeah. in with the scope. That's that's yeah, the exactly why I'm not moving and shooting. You've clearly, I, never played against a widowmaker. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Some bullshit right there. I mean, to be fair, from the way that you've made it sound, that doesn't sound unreasonable at all. You know, if you're aiming down a scope and you're not able to shoot to move while you're doing it, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, yeah that's that's essentially what it is. Is and it's not. There's not a lot of moments where it's like you are forced to use this mechanic in what you must aim and shoot and not move. It happens a handful of times, less than. It's it's and it's optional. It's all optional. You can either run around and shoot, and when you shoot, it's it's for I guess lack of a better word, it's pretty homing if you will like you mm -hmm. you just kind of blindly shoot half the time and it just pretty much almost hits everyone all the time but if you want to if you need to like shoot a switch or if you need to sniper someone who's really driving you crazy you can then go into that you know third person over the shoulder mode and just shoot them and i and yeah i that to me makes sense as to why i would stop and and aim and shoot here's okay to me here's the thing is We've talked so many times about how if you don't aim your product at a specific demographic, then you're destined to fail, right? Like you sure. can't aim your product at everybody. So if the people who loved Banjo-Kazooie and all of that stuff loved this game, were they not successful? Well, I guess the sales figures will tell them whether or not they were successful. Right. The thing is I'm that saying, like that's the demographic they were aiming for. The they thing were is, aiming I, for me. I didn't even play those games. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I think you're very much right, but I think then we go back to the case of Shovel Knight, which was absolutely aiming at that demographic, but in that case, guys who enjoyed the 2D NES platforms, but fixed almost every problem those games had anyway. So not only sure. was it considered to be awesome by the people that backed it, they said we got exactly what we wanted. But outside of the people that backed it, they also got what they wanted because it was just a genuinely good game beyond that. And I think there is a big difference between making what's basically nostalgia bait, warts and all, mm -hmm. and taking the essence of what people thought they loved about these games 10 or 20 years ago and then creating a game based on that. Uh, it's the same thing with, R with RTS and with uh, FPS right now and arena shooters. I think that the people who are trying to make real-time strategy games right now don't understand what it was that people really enjoyed doing 10 or 15 years ago with them. So when they release the game and nobody likes it, it's like, why? I thought you said you wanted a new RTS. It's like, no, what they actually want is a new Command & Conquer-like experience that they comp stomp with their friends like they did 15 years ago at Alana over a you know, modem connection or whatever, you know, versus AI. The same shit with, like, Brood Wars. Like, do they really want the competitive Brood War experience? No, they want that UMS that they used to play with all their friends. They want that tower defense game they used to play 10 or, you know, 15 years ago. Like, it's about creating a game that encapsulates the essence of those rose, that rose-tinted view of what things were. And well, I get sands the off the rough parts, you know, smooths it out a bit. 
I, I guess, I guess, okay. So let, let's like take a, let's take a step back and look at like, I guess, Platonics and ukulele in general, right? They all came from, from, from Rare. Microsoft bought Rare and then Rare basically became a shell of a company that creates motion-based games. And now they're finally moving on to making an original game with Sea of Thieves, right? Mm. We haven't yep. seen a Banjo platforming game since Banjo-Tooie because we've all assumed that the genre has died, people moved on, people don't want to play that game necessarily. I feel like, can't there be a space in the market, especially in the case of, of, of Platonics, where they said, hey, you know what? Yeah, Banjo 3 may never show up. None of us who were involved with Banjo are going to be a part of it. Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts, while half of us worked on it, wasn't really what we wanted for this franchise. And that franchise kind of came and gone. But the whole point of the Kickstarter was, if we made this game that was going to be a Banjo-like experience, would you pay for it? And I think the people who obviously wanted to see the experience did pay for it. And I feel like as much as the game company is trying to appeal to newer people to join them and, and fund their future projects for Tukulele or, you know, Yuka 3 Lee or whatever you want to call it. Oh God. <laughs> Look, I, I, I just made it up. Um, you know, but, they're using Tukulele now, you know, that's happening, right? yeah, they definitely Tukulele. <laughs> you've just done their work for them. You should have charged them consultancy yeah. for that. <laughs> but, but I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is, can't there be a space for that? I mean, if people, People paid for this experience and they got that experience. I feel like it's, and if they're trying to promote it for people who want to experience it, who are new to the, to the franchise or new to the genre, then why can't that be a thing as opposed to everyone just kind of being like, no, this is bad, 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 bad. Like, I feel like they, they well, can just try and, and exist for what they are. I mean, they can, but the people who are saying bad, bad, bad probably weren't going to play it anyway. So that's that, not, I, I that's agree not with really you, a problem. And that's okay. But I also think that, again, back to the Shovel Knight example, you can have both. You don't have to sacrifice one for the other. You can make a game that will both please those people and advance the genre. I think it's one thing to resurrect a dead genre. I think it's another to not only resurrect it, but also then evolve it and bring it into the modern age. I think that's been well, happening think... recently with CRPGs, like Wasteland 2 and Pillars of Eternity, uh, uh, Divinity, Original Sin, and recently Tides of Numenera, you can argue that those games are the ones that are not, uh, they're reviving the old school CRPG, Black Isle CRPG, but they're also improving it in many ways. And they're bringing it, and a lot of people are not complaining about those games. You know, the old school guys that really enjoy Planescape and Baldur's Gate are saying that these games are good, but they're also getting out to a wider audience too. So, I mean, what I ideally would like is for 3D platformers to do the same thing. And a game like Snake Pass is probably a game that seems to be doing that, uh, which is sadly getting overlooked right now because of the ukulele stuff. From everything I've heard, Snake Pass is not only the 3D collectathon game that people seem to want, but it's also got some unique ideas and some really cool stuff going on with it. I don't even know sure. what that is. You should probably look at it. It's a 3D collectathon platform, yeah. but you're a snake, and the controls work like you're a snake. You have to coil yourself around things to move and shit. That um, awful. It's apparently... Can, well, I mean, if you don't like snakes. <laughs> I'm just saying. That, actually, if you don't like snakes, I guess. <laughs> but, I, I mean, well, I'm told Snake Pass is fucking awesome, and people should be having a look at that, but... You know, well, I, I, I guess to, to go along with that, TB, 
Um, oh shit, I lost my point. I was going to discuss something. Now it's gone. Um, I. Oh my god! Stop with the camera. Well, I think if um, they made another game, I think they would innovate oh, it more. Now I remembered. Okay, I'm not trying to like make an excuse for Platonics, but uh, I want to just point out some things, right? This is a Kickstarter-funded project, right? I feel like everyone who's done Kickstarter in a for the first time or just learning and experiencing it, they I'm not like saying they deserve a pass because they kickstarted it, right? <laughs> That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that you oh when kickstarting a project or doing something involving that kind of scale, you never really know what production is going to be like and what changes. Shovel Knight got delayed several times in its production and within good reason. Mm -hmm. But to my understanding, during that Kickstarter process, when they finally got to the point where they were about to release the game, they were struggling because they were running out of money and, and they, they wanted to, you know, under promise over deliver. That's kind of always the thing, right? Under promise over deliver, under promise over deliver. And then the goals are met and then the money comes in and the scope gets bigger, the scope gets smaller, whatever it may be. And so I think that I don't want to call it like the Kickstarter curse, but I guarantee you that if this game had more time, a lot of the changes and complaints in the, of the modernization would be cleaner. But I think that in the case of ukulele, it already got delayed once. Um, and I, I, they had to meet those deadlines. And I think that then just goes to show like, is, is kickstarting a game necessarily like how, how, how do we improve on that? You know, I, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to stick up for them in that regard. I'm just saying that, it got delayed just like most Kickstarter projects do. Which is fine. I don't see a problem right. with delays at all, as long as it is then used to make sure that everything is right and that everything is good before it comes out. Kickstarter in particular, I think they probably have the most flexibility with when they release stuff because shit on Kickstarter is always delayed and there is an expectation that things won't come out at a specific time. The problem, I guess, is when you then take on a publisher, which Ukulele did, there starts to become those deadlines. You know, it's almost yeah. like Ukulele was at that point barely even a kickstarted project. I have to wonder how much money was then thrown in from other sources. Was Ukulele actually made on that Kickstarter budget? Hard to say. I don't know what the breakdown is. But again, yeah, we, we, really, we scope, really have no idea. Eh, you, you, now we don't. But although, well, like, bring up the game again, uh, the worlds. I don't know if you thought there were two little worlds or what you thought about the expanding worlds. Cause I thought the expanding worlds were okay. But what I ended up doing was I would just go and expand the world right off the bat. So I was like, I might as well just get the most expanded world right now and go do everything. Uh, so I didn't really like that mechanic that much. So if, like what happens is if you don't know, you get to go to a world and it's not complete yet. It's like part of the world. And then after you collect a certain amount of pages, or what, that's what you use to like unlock or expand a world. You go okay. back and then it's like, hey, do you want to make this world bigger so you get more stuff to do? And you're like, yeah. And then it makes it bigger and they're like, oh, the tower that's there got bigger. Or like this building that had nothing now has like a giant amount of stuff to do because it expanded and it's a really big building now. But all I would end up doing, like I said, was I would just go uh, unlock the world, jump in, jump out, and then expand it and be like, all right, now I'm going to go do everything. So I don't know what you thought about that, but I was like, yeah, it's not the greatest. I mean, I, I think it depends on, for me personally, I went in, I wanted it to be, I, I, I knew about the expanded uh, 
function before I jumped in because I wanted to make sure that like the thing is, is that these levels are massive. They're big. Everyone says mm -hmm. they're big, but they're empty. I kind of disagree with that sentiment because there's so many goddamn collectibles and objectives in each world. It's hard to argue that there's nothing in the world because there is a shit ton of things to do and see and mm -hmm. fight and climb and touch and all that fun stuff. But for me, and this is, I think this is just a matter of like how I play games. When I went into this, into the worlds uh, for the first time, they kind of do the cinematic pan of like showing you the world, what's around you kind of painting the image of what there is to do. And I, I honestly forgot about expanding the world at first. When I was done, the pagey prompt comes up and says, hey, you can make this world bigger. And so I walked out, expanded it. And when I came back, it did the whole thing again, but it expanded the world showing me everything. And so I had a, at that point, when I felt like I exhausted all of my options finding everything, I would expand a world and then new elements would pop up, especially from the perspective of completing the game. You have to get all of the quills and all of the collectibles and everything in that level. It only helped me because... If I had if I had the 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 knowledge that everything was just going to be in this one small area, I'd freak the fuck out because it's like I don't I wouldn't know what to do if, once I really scrubbed everything. But once the world was expanded, I saw so much more. More characters showed up. I I really enjoyed it. I I, I actually thought it was a really smart way to to uh, make the world uh, feel bigger, especially because there's only five stages. Yeah, well, that was the other thing. It was like I that, that was my wanted, biggest complaint. Yeah, I wanted more Kinda, stages because yeah. I was like, well, instead of expanding it to a really big world, I'd rather it be like a medium-sized world and have a few more stages to play through. Because yeah. if you play Banjo Kazooie or Banjo Two, like any of the old ones, they always have like eight or nine stages to go through, and this one only had five. That does seem like it would make more sense, you know, instead of forcing you to go back to a place you've already been. It's like, well, this is new, but this isn't, and this isn't, but this is And I is think new, they and... did that because they already had the art assets and everything, and That's it's probably exactly easier to do that. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe now that they, if they have more money or stuff to do, they'd do a bigger version, kind of like what they did with Banjo-Kazooie, where Banjo-Tooie was like, like twice, if not three times as big. So, I don't know. We'll see. I, th I think they'd probably have to kickstart again if they have any intention of making a sequel. I, I doubt they'd be able to make enough money off the sales of this thing to fund a much larger version of it. It's hard to say. You know, some, some of these guys do, and some of them go right back to the Kickstarter well, saying, well, yeah, we got some money, cool, but nowhere near enough to fund the scale of what we're looking for here. Hard to say. We'll have to see how well it does. So far, obviously, it hasn't been out for all that long. It's shifted. According to Steam Spy, 45,000 copies but we need to wait a good couple of months, I think, to get a feeling of how well this thing's going to do. And like you said, mm -hmm. it may very well do an awful lot better on console, especially on Switch, where there are almost no games to play. Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued to see how well it shifts there, especially considering mascot platformers, like you said, generally at home on console as opposed to PC. So, hard to say. Mm -hmm. All right, well, so, there you uh, go. There's your thought. On, oh, sorry, Gerard. You I, had to... I just had a quick question for you, TB, because I, I don't know enough about data and, and like numbers and stuff. What is considered a success in regards to sales? Is it like half a million? Is it two million? Like what? Depends on the scale of the game and how much it costs. Honestly. So in the case in the case of Yuka, forty dollars. Like I don't know what's what's a what's a big number? Because to me, I'm like, man, I sold a thousand games. That's a lot. But obviously, I'm not a game developer, so I have no idea. Again, depends entirely on your budget. We don't know if Ukulele was funded entirely off the Kickstarter. It has a publisher, probably got some money from there that may have been outside investment. Mm -hmm. And then you've got to factor in all the costs involved in that and then the cut that Steam takes and then how much you actually end up taking home. 
pay all your staff, pay everything off, start to make some profit, and then figure out, okay, how much of this can I squirrel away to make my next game? You know, generally speaking, you'd want to be able to ideally make enough money to comfortably go on to your next project without too many worries for that game to be a success. I couldn't give you a number on that one. It varies on a game-to-game -game basis. Sure. Cool. I just one. wanted I just wanted to uh to pick your brain on that. I'm intrigued to see where it goes though. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well that's ukulele then. That's a lot of information about ukulele. We'll see <laughs> yeah. what people think of it. Uh, it's kind of a shame that we don't have a I guess an expert on 3D platformers that didn't like it as much that would have been able to provide a counterpoint, because I don't know shit about 3D platformers, unfortunately. But right. there you go. It's it, it does sound like maybe maybe that if you happen to be into that sort of thing and especially if you happen to have played it recently you played something like banjo or spyro recently that yeah you would be able to do this stuff one thing that i noticed gerard in the way that you were explaining certain concepts is it sounded to me like you were very much tuned into the game logic not only of this game but games like it whereas yes. you were explaining things as if it was just second nature Whereas to me, it was like, that's not second nature to me at all. That would be horrendously confusing to me. Right, yeah. Uh, so I guess it's the same thing that would happen if you happen to be an expert of point-and-click games. It's like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I'm like, no, this is impenetrably silly. Like, I don't understand a thing. What's going yeah. on there? <laughs> exactly. Tricky. All right, let's take a break. When we come back more about other games that are not ukulele, because there are plenty of other games that we've also been playing over the last week or so and a half. We're going to get to them. You're watching the Corruptional Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Our sponsor today is Squarespace. Squarespace.com slash Corruptional. 10% of your first order and a free trial. Head on over there. I have this wonderful ad for you. Totally amazing. It's not thrown together at the last minute. Absolutely wow. not. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Ah, the deadline's getting close. I need this new Squarespace ad written. I've got no idea where to go with it. What's been in the news lately? Something we could tie this into in some loose fashion. Let's see. Airline kicks off passenger due to overbooking passenger returns in bloodied concussed state. <laughs> that sounds hilarious and not at all horrifying. I'm sure we can do something with that. Do you need to get to your destination but have found your destiny overbooked? Then create a beautiful new website with Squarespace. With Squarespace domains, there are no hidden fees and no complicated setup, so you can reserve your place in history and never be forcefully removed from it. Squarespace, we will reaccommodate your dreams and might not punch you in the face. Hmm, something doesn't feel right about that one. I'll put it on the back burner for a while. What else is relevant? What's hip with the kids today? Did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Squarespace the Wise? I thought not. It's not a story that co-optional would tell you. Squarespace was so powerful and so easy to use, it could create a website from professional templates with absolutely no experience required. Squarespace had such knowledge of design, it could even keep the most inexperienced website owners from screwing up thanks to 24-7 support. Squarespace is a pathway to many abilities, some considered to be available with a free trial and 10% off your first order at squarespace.com slash co-optional. Ah, no. Something about that just doesn't seem to flow very well. It's rough and coarse, maybe even irritating. <sighs> None of this is working. Perhaps we should try the heartstrings approach. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Total Biscuit. 
thanks to recent news articles written by the evil old media who are terrified of being driven out of business by Let's Play and dank reaction videos, it is now impossible to make a living on YouTube. Before all of this, a channel this size was struggling to get by as it was. We could barely afford the backup Tesla, essential for when the other Tesla doesn't match today's outfits, and petrol prices made the Ferrari prohibitively expensive to drive. But now, the sponsorship is all we have left. Squarespace.com slash cooptional is our last lifeline, the only thing keeping us from going under in this cruel, cruel world of internet videos. Please, get 10% off your first order and your free trial, or we may have to sell some of Jen's handbags. Handbags so beautiful, they would be ideally showcased as part of an awe-inspiring gallery on Squarespace. Can you live with that responsibility? Look, here is a picture of a sad dog. This dog is sad because you have yet to make your next move with Squarespace. For the love of dog, start your free trial today at squarespace.com slash cooptional. For only you can save young, indescribably wealthy, hardworking YouTubers from the horrific fate that awaits them. Perfect! No one will see through that, it's airtight! What's that, Jeeves? Oh no, I couldn't possibly have the four gra again. What will the neighbors think? Squarespace, create a beautiful website for any purpose with no experience required. Professionally designed templates give you a solution in just minutes. World-class e-commerce tools and 24-7 support ensure that you'll be up and running in no time at all. Head over to squarespace.com slash cooptional for 10% off your first order and a free trial today. Make your next move with Squarespace. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Negative option. four. Negative five. I was counting with you. You shit! <laughs> the purpose of the count is to ensure that you shut up, not that you keep talking. And you know this, and you're doing it despite me. I like that Total Biscuit's review of Wow Crendor, your shit. Your shit! If I, if I had a score system, negative four would be how I'd describe you. Dude. I remember the first time TB said anything about me. It was my one video I made like eight years ago. And he was like, it wasn't complete shit. And I was like, he likes me. <laughs> Negative four gives you gout and syphilis. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I thought that'd be like a native too. Oh, yeah. Four is, four is like bad. herpes. Yeah. Uh, right up in incidentally, uh, so I was looking through the Dark Souls box and I found the big stuff. I missed that. So, you know, here's a kind of regular sized dude. It's like, all right, cool. And I'm here's a an sort onion. of big kind of scarier dude. Blah, blah, blah. I could have been an onion. And then there's like, oh, hi, I am, I am fucking what? Smoke? Executioner smoke, possibly? Yeah, Look at the fucking size fucking of that onion. fucking thing. Holy shit. Oh my sure, God. That sounds right. <laughs> and, uh, and this, this gargoyle what right here. This, Look at this. Wow, Look wait. at the fucking gargoyle. Holy shit. Look at the size Holy of that motherfucker. Shit. Yeah. That's a gargoyle. That's a motherfucker. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Wait, is this the onion? <gasps> Do we have onion? Uh, I don't think it's the onion, but he's kind of he's similar to similar-ish. That's not the onion. Yeah, that's, oh man. But he's a little blurry, but he could be if we believe. Hard he's, he's, he's gonna he's say fat. it's hard. It's hard to tell. You it's can't coming. quite see the onion uh, helmet. Have that little onion <laughs> blur. On, on the top. Yeah. yeah. Isn't this? Maybe he's a, isn't Maybe isn't she from three? Isn't she the? Uh, yeah, the loveless lanky, lanky lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah lanky, lanky, Kong. lanky lady. Yeah, yeah. Lanky that's Kong. her name, Slanky Lanky. Yeah, yeah. Lanky Kong. Yeah, Lanky Kong. Yeah, that's these, actually one of the coolest fights in three. Pretty legit. Yeah, oh, I mean, I love the way she looked and like the gear that you could get as well. Yeah. Um, the dancer. Yeah, that's her name. Cool ship.
Yeah. Yeah, so lots lots of really nice models in there, no doubt about it. Fucking well better be, considering how much it costs. Holy fuck. <laughs> Not cheap. <laughs> Not cheap. I can't Persona wait to see 5. how it plays. Yeah, mm. I'm intrigued. Persona 5. I haven't gone it's too far into fun. it, but... I have. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's let's talk and try not to spoil it. Um, yeah. I think I'm coming to the end of the arbitrary two or so hours of having basically no control or freedom over anything you do whatsoever. Hi, we're a Persona game bit. Oh, you mean the what happened to our school? That kind of bit? Basically, yes, that bit. Okay. Uh, I, I've gone oh, through the... Okay what happened to our school and kind of escape from the first interaction with the evil shadow in underpants bits. Okay. You know? Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. Um, yeah. It took me, I think I want to say six hours before I got to just like normal gameplay mode. Um, but I enjoyed every minute of it. I was totally fine with it taking that long because I think the way that it unraveled stuff made a lot of sense. It does uh, it over time, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's and it teases a little bit of it, like you know, in, in the first like five minutes of the game, it lets you do a couple of fights, mm -hmm. and lets you do a little bit of not so, so much dungeon crawling, oh but moving through stuff. And then it's like, yeah, cutscenes, 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 cutscenes. Running what is this to crazy places. app on my phone. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the entire beginning I of the keep game. Keep deleting oh. the app on my phone, and it doesn't go away. Why doesn't it go away? <laughs> It's like, yeah, I I remember the good old ignore the obviously weird. You should totally pay attention to this trope. For some reason, glows the only app on your phone that glows and keeps. I should I should reboot my phone. Thought <laughs> I deleted this. Like, how oh, many no. fucking anime or video games have fallen down that particular trope? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I would just assume that there was something weird on my phone. Downloading an app I didn't want. I, all right, yeah, I've never played. I've settings. never played any of these games. It looks like an anime the game to me when I look at the uh, trailers it, of all of it. Well, it, I mean, there is an look, anime of wrong. it. Yeah, you're not <laughs> wrong. But it's, it, this one is, like, really fucking fun, though. Like, this it's so good. is a lot of fun. I'm, uh, I think I'm coming up on 20 hours. I'm getting, I'm getting close to uh, the 7-7. July 7th when, when yeah. all streaming is banned. So Indeed. I'm like, what happens on July 7th? I gotta know. Uh, but I fucking, I love that game. Every time I have a spare moment, I'm like, I just want to fucking play Persona 5 right now. So I haven't fun. got to that point yet. A lot of it is probably down to the fact that the last Persona game I played was entirely portable. So <laughs> yes. it was very easy to play it like every waking moment. Mm -hmm. But the lack of a portable version means that it is a bit more restrictive which is, is unfortunate fair. uh i can't take it to bed with me which mm -hmm. sucks but yeah, that's probably should why be I on the put, switch it's probably why i haven't <laughs> put 40 hours into it yet um yeah so uh krender none of these games it's it's kind of final fantasy style you can play any of these games basically on their own there's very minimal crossover if it exists at all uh persona 5 so far is very standalone so i don't yeah. i think that it's a good entry persona game if anybody wanted to like start playing them i did and hear the tutorials like eight hours that's what i'm saying yeah they they spend really? like they spend hours yes uh, no. establishing the story yeah it's not a tutorial and... Yeah, it's story. It's not a out. tutorial okay. per se. It basically okay. it's very, very on rails for a long time. Every Persona game's kind of been like this in the yeah. sense that it's going to tell you what to do. You're going to go do it, and there's no leaving that beaten path. 
yet. Like, it takes right. a while for things to fully open up and give you the freedom that the game usually gives you. I think it's still, even even that amount of time that it spent doing all of that stuff, I thought it was so fun. Because, like, Persona 4 opened up so boring. Like, the beginning oh, of Persona did. 4 was so fucking boring. Yes. And it did the same thing. At least with this one, from the get-go, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, stuff's happening. It throws happening. you right in. Right in. Yeah. Like, not only with a little bit of gameplay, it foreshadows a shit ton, whereas the Persona yeah. 4 really didn't. Persona 4 was very much arrive in sleepy old village do you know talk to family for fuck you know foster family Perso for god knows how long yeah go to school persona 4 was basically the beginning of every harvest moon game mm. <laughs> and it's like this is but this isn't harvest moon why are we doing this <laughs> so persona 5 uh, does drop you in it quite early and then it pulls it back from that but because it's given you that taste that kind of drives you on to like well i want to how the fuck do we get here you know, it's yeah. it's one of those good old kind of like start from the beginning kind of story arc things where it's like some of this stuff's already happened. So you've got right. to go back and, you know, uh, learn how it got there and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, sorry, keep going. I was going to say, like, I, I think what's interesting is that because you were so on rails at the beginning, it doesn't give you that what I do in most RPGs, which is the... Now I'm going to power level the shit out of my character and destroy stuff. You can't. So, so the second boss, literally, I, like, that was the long, uh, I think it was, like, the the Matarame Castle or whatever it was called. Palace, mm -hmm. whatever. Oh, yeah. Fuck that shit. I was like, yeah! <laughs> It took me, yeah, without, without spoiling anything about, like, what the boss story yeah, at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, that boss took me like seven tries I and it wasn't it. until I was like, I need to, I need to mix up my composition. I need to change some set. Like once I did that, I beat him. Okay. But because I was in this zone of like, no, I have my best people and I'm going to like, you know, <laughs> nope. you don't it, have the, you probably don't have the right elements. You don't have the right combinations. Yeah. It's like, I want to stick with my waifus. Nope. Game says, nope. But yeah. they're all my waifus. What yeah. to do? <laughs> and that's the best way to treat it. Because if you do stick with the same people throughout a dungeon, you're probably going to get royally fucked for it. Mm -hmm. uh, Persona does like to try and force you into not doing that. Yeah. Also, can we talk about how this game has the best fucking music? Soundtrack? I knew you were going to say uh, that. The music so is good. so good. So far, so good. I don't know. Because between what? three, four, and... between Look, I still think three and four are neck and neck in terms of great music. Five hasn't shown me anything yet that's been like, this is an earworm and I'm never going to forget this theme. And like, oh, e man. you know what? It's kind of disappointed me is the end of battle victory theme isn't memorable. Really? Because that gets stuck in my head all the time. That It just the, ha it obviously hasn't got its claws in me yet. I yeah, the, haven't got the to that point. The look of the game when you like finish a battle the way that they do the whole like here's what you got oh, out of it i'm always God, just like i'm such a fucking badass like, the aesthetic so cool. is the coolest aesthetic i've seen since like jet set radio like yeah, it is great. so stylish the way that it breaks the menus down and the way that when you you access the menu like you know menu kind of twist out of here and come out of here and it's so yeah. dynamic it feels great and weirdly enough that actually does help the there's still turn-based battles but even then 
feels like the battles are just that little bit more kinetic because even the menus are contributing to the attack, you know, instead of selecting mm-hmm. something from a menu, like you select the thing, it's like, Ugh, it's like all the way over here. And then you go and like smash them about a bit. It's like, it's almost ephemeral aspect of motion that's always happening in that game. It is so cool. But the yeah. music though, the bass line and all the music, it's, it's like, like, ah! <laughs> I love it. I know. Persona I 3 it. has some fucking awesome music, and so does Persona 4. So it's going to have to work pretty hard to, right. to beat that. To My win PS4 your heart. theme is straight up just Persona 5 right now. It's a little Morgana theme. It's the cat. Oh. Oh. It's so good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> uh, um, I wanted to, wanted to ask uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Persona 5 has been delayed quite a bit, right? Yep. Yes. Over a year. Quite a few times. Do you Worth guys know? Totally worth it. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, d- does, delay, does the delay warrant? Delay every game, ever. Like, I, I don't... No, seriously. <laughs> like, the people that complain about delays are the kind of people that let themselves get overly hyped up for shit and then get disappointed when it's not as good as they hope it will be, which I'm is sure. illogical. If you really hope it's going to be the best that it could be, delay it as long as it fucking needs to be delayed. You don't want it coming out early and being shit. Yeah. Just just play something else. There are so yeah. many good video games right now. You could wait for this one. Play something it, else. It was worth it. It's worth every delay, whatever yeah. they did in order to delay it, whatever they fixed and made better, it's a genuinely good RPG. Like, it's phenomenal. And it, mm-hmm. I don't say that about a lot of JRPGs, but, like, dude. Well, I mean, it's one of the only JRPGs that I've enjoyed. You know, it's that yeah. Persona 4 and Dragon Quest Eight. And that's like <laughs> it, you know, I, I'm not into JRPGs. Uh, Persona, Crendor, uh, you mentioned earlier, it's like, this looks like every anime. Yeah. You could get that idea, but Persona's interesting because it's a JRPG with really interesting dungeon design and bosses that are based on these kind of almost extreme abstracts of people's personalities. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, this is usually the bosses are like, this is an aspect of someone's persona taken to this horrific extreme and turned into like a monster and this crazy fucking design in that. But all of these games also have this kind of social game aspect to them where you're trying to build friendships with people and increase your social link. But in doing that, you also power, power them up because all of your powers are through your relationships with people and your personas and their personalities and helping them overcome the, their personality Mm -hmm. flaws and shit. Yeah. Cause the whole, the whole idea is like by, by having a stronger relationship with other people, you as a person grow. And so it makes you like stronger because your persona is a representation of your inner self. So if your inner self is stronger and knows more types of people and learns new things, then it like makes you a stronger person just in general. So it's kind of like a, a cool way to justify that literally like half of the game is completely social and half of the game is completely bad and, it, and yeah. it meshes really really well it's like the only game that's ever been able to do that where i'm not like i'm wasting time yeah. the world is falling apart yeah. i shouldn't be doing this <laughs> yeah for me i felt that in particular you know i like i also like games that have a sort of realistic time constraint on stuff and the way mm-hmm. that that game works is it has a schedule. There are weekends, and you but you have to go to school. And that and school doesn't just fucking wait for you. It's like, I'm going to go battle in this mystery television realm or whatever. It's like, <laughs> school ain't going to fucking wait for you. you got to like, fucking... No, you're going to wait until after school, and you, you got might exams, need to do a bitch. test. 
Yeah, you got exams. You got to go fucking do revision for your exams. You got to study. And if you do badly, that's going to affect you. And it, it's balancing this. It's balancing the mundane with the absurd. And like the comparison of the two. I think I said this about Persona 4 and I say it again about this. Like the, like the whole dungeon crawling and the whole aspect of your Persona is so fucking out there and crazy and stylish compared with your mundane, boring fucking school life. The two play off each other really, really well. And mm. all of the regular stuff that you do, you know, in Persona 4, like, it's like, hey, it's like summer break. So we're going to go to the seaside and all that kind of thing. You know, all of that is kind of heartwarming, but also necessary. Like, you're watching the development of a group of young adults, and through their development, they're also becoming super-powered fighting machines in a dungeon, and there's something yeah. about that that is just compelling to me that works. Because normally that kind of shit would put me off. You know, the whole Japanese high school thing? It's like, I'm 33. <laughs> it's, it's very hard to relate to that, but there's some the way Persona does it, because I think it ties the mundane with the absurd, I think it's it works super well. Here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to say. And Dodge is probably going to agree with me on this one. Mm. And this is coming from someone who is, um, you know, kind of a secret weeb. You know, that likes <laughs> some secret anime. Weeb. And, you know, the phrase that I came up with, that myself and Xavier Woods came up with, uh, I'm a hypocrite Taku. Mm. And <laughs> I, like, I like certain kinds of anime, but only certain kinds. Right. Japanese voices. Turned them on as soon as I got the option to do so. I gave it a chance. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't handle the English dub. And a lot of people are saying the English dub's amazing. It's like, no, no, it is not. I mean, I think it's fine, but I think the Japanese voices are better. Here, Yeah, here's the thing. As a person playing through it with the English dub on, uh, I might be one of three people in the entire world doing this. Uh, for the most part, the main characters are acceptable. Mm -hmm. But many of them, the voices do not, like, I don't picture that voice coming out of that face. And no. it drives me crazy. And, and there's sometimes where it's it just immediately, I'm like, it takes you out of the game. You're like, fuck. I think it's what? also because Persona is so embedded in Japanese culture that to have an English voice actor saying those words, using those names, using the honoraries, doesn't sound right. It sounds. Oh my God. Every time they contrived. use the honorifics, it feels weird. It just feels weird. I don't but, know why. But what really bothered me as well. Is the, um, I don't know if you've noticed this, maybe uh, what I noticed more than anything is not the main character's voices, it's the voices you hear while you're side running character. past people. Yes, side characters, because you run around in like in the world, you overhear what people are saying. And that's yeah, actually you can like listen to whispers and listen to conversations as you're walking by. And shit that you, you hear to. around. If you think that Mass Effect Andromeda does this badly, this is way worse. Way, <laughs> way worse. Like the, the incidental dialogue in the English dub at Persona 5 is awful. And it takes you awesome. completely out of it, in my opinion. Also, I have major issues with uh, Justine and Caroline there, uh, or Justine or whatever the hell. Like the, the oh. way their English voices are, I am not a fan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> here's the thing. They were the ones that made me switch because I was like, I'm okay with these English voices so far. They're like, you know, for the most part, they're all right. And then the first time that I heard them talk, I was like, this is the most obnoxious, like, I think Caroline specifically, <laughs> I, I was like, you are yet. actually the most obnoxious person I've ever heard in my life. I, I heard out. her talk twice and I was like, I'm getting, I'm getting a Japanese voice. I can't do yeah. this. But her voice is still fucking obnoxious in the Japanese. Like, oh, no. They told the girl to basically mimic the tone 
of the Japanese voice, and oh. she nailed it. It's identical. So she was annoying <laughs> in the first place. Not it's like not it. the English VO's fault. She actually did exactly what she was supposed she did to do. She, it's the same. They're identical. Ah. Yeah, I just think those two characters, I fundamentally am like, God, I hate you. I don't know why so they're much. there. I want, I want, I want the, the, like, the process of like having a vocal director go in there and be like, so here's what they did in, in Japan for this, and now we're going to do our version of it. Like, I'd love to see that process because well, man, there's, yeah. it's got to be so difficult of, to balance. There's a lot yeah. of voices that that are just yeah. I think that's one of my biggest issues is just some of the voices. I'm like, in it's like when you hear someone on the radio, and then you see them for the first time, you're like, that is not how you're supposed to look. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is how I feel with this game. Yeah. Is that there's a lot of voices coming out of people that when you're looking and they're like. There's no way you're even built to sound like that. Like, you don't even have, like, that shouldn't yeah. be how you talk. Like, stop it. <laughs> I'm not okay with how Igor sounded as soon as he opened his mouth. Yes, that bothered he does not the hell out right. of me. But that's because the VO died? Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, the original really? Igor, yeah, the original Igor died, unfortunately. Um, yes, I think I got that information I from think Chris you're right on that. I heard that too. Um, huh. I'm going to, Igor actor, yeah, yeah, yeah he, he died. Kristen, did the Igor actor die? The Japanese yes. one died, and that's why they changed it. Yeah, the right. Japanese uh, VO uh, for him died several years ago. Bear yeah, in mind, like, he I, definitely sounds different. Yeah, I played Persona 4, and I played Persona 4 with just Japanese uh, VO on, so that was, like, my first ex exposure to Igor, and then hearing that, it's like, wow, this is just completely different. Good Lord. Mm. <clears throat> but it's interesting to hear some people complained about some localization issues with this game. Like, I haven't seen anything that would bother me to the point localization is such a tricky fucking issue because there are some things that you probably need to change to make sense in the context of the English subtitles or indeed the English VO because it simply wouldn't sound right otherwise. There are stuff that does not have a direct translation and there's a lot of stuff that requires some knowledge of the cultural context Yo, that all of this is being brought to, up in. Uh, Gerard, you probably know this name, Alexander O. Smith was the guy who for a long time during the heyday of Squaresoft, he was the guy who did the translations for those games, like early, and like Vagrant Story and things like that. Oh, and he's that guy who- Phoenix Wright, yeah. yeah and what he did is he did the, his translations were, I'm not gonna one for one this thing. I'm going to take the- possible. The of what they're doing and then tell a diff, like tell a story based on that. And so he mm. never, he never did all the things that they would do. He was always that guy who was like, let me yeah. let me tell I'm an American story it. and a Western it's, story. But then people and people complain about that. You know, that's I a, mean, that's a big issue. Obviously, the Fire Emblem localization had a huge number of issues, but that went even beyond that. That went down to the fact that some of it was just gibberish. You know? Right. Final Fantasy VIII was definitely not one of my favorites because of the translation. Like that's a game that I like did a lot of research on because I wanted to, because everyone told me, oh, the, the, the English translation to eight is so weird and not right. And, you know, when Squall would like say something dot, intriguing, dot, dot. they dot, dot, dot. And it's like, I can't believe that they would try and emote that as much, but like in the Japanese version, that that wasn't really a thing. So yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. And that's, I think, and there's again goes back to those two schools of thought on things like either you give people the exact thing they want or you give something for a general public so i i understand final fantasy 8 because squall can dot 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 because squall becomes all of us at that point right. he's what we're thinking yeah. not what's 
wall is thinking. And so like, but of course, no one's ever going to be happy all the time with this stuff. So it's just a weird game what free. Did you, what did you guys name yourselves? I named him Jesse Cox because I have no imagination and wanted to see me bone that blonde girl. <laughs> real, talk, real talk, blonde pigtails. I was like, yo, Jesse Cox going to bone town that girl. I just, I just used my real name. Like, whatever. I, I couldn't. Because then I would, then it wouldn't make sense What's with your all name, the other Dodger? Japanese names. I just, got name. I just got scolded for trying to bone that girl. She's like, she's pure. How dare you? Sorry. She is pure. Oh no, um, my waifu my, is being my, defiled. My name in game is Masano Kyoto. You fucking weeb. Sounds Jesse like Cox is really out of place, let me tell you. I bet. It's <laughs> odd. He looks <laughs> nothing like the Jesse Cox that I know. It's very strange. Uh, deep inside in my soul, I am a, I'm, I'm a very tall, glasses-wearing animu boy mm. who just wants to get through all those fucking train stations and subways. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> I get so lost. Why don't, you just, why don't you just use the, the fast travel? I know. That's what I do. But, like, okay. Have to do it at the beginning. But initially, like, you can't do that. It's like there's about twenty exits here. Let's go to all of them. It's like no, it isn't this one. We need to go to another one. Thank, you but, know what? Thank uh, God for that. Or I would have oh, gotten to school the first day. Yeah, <laughs> no chance. Have... You wonder why they corral you so much? That's fucking why. Like yeah. the town area, from what I can tell, seems like it's way larger than Persona Four's. So there's a lot of complexity to it because Persona Four was small town. This is fucking Tokyo. Like they're yeah, fucking they around. literally swapped it. He like comes from a small town and moves to a city. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. It's again though, it's about getting the time to sit down and play it. Dude, you need to. I'm telling you, it gets. So I just bad. wish I wish there was a way to play it portably. Apparently, remote play is just so shit that it's not even worth trying. That like I was thinking about using remote play to do it. Maybe getting a PS TV. Which, by the way, is a great way to play Persona 4 Golden on the cheap if you don't want to buy a Vita. Oh, just get, yeah. a P get a PS TV and just use that. PS TVs are dirt cheap nowadays. No, like fifty dollars. Yeah, easy, they're good. Easy. They're really good. Like, can you play? Uh, I don't know if it lets you do the PSP games or that as well. But like, one of the main selling points for me was a Vita. With a Vita, is that you could get all of the old PSP games on it. You and totally a lot of them can. are really good. Vita's it's, a great uh, console. I, the, if it, there was it, any it, justice it, in the world, it's whatever's available on the PSN store because obviously you can't stick a UMT inside of no. a uh, PS TV. No, no, yeah. you can't. But honestly, the the PS Store has most of the, uh, the of the PSP games though, like all the ones that really matter for the most part. Yeah, it's nice. I don't know. It's it's tricky. I'll come up with some weird fucking wildly expensive hackintosh way of doing it. It's like, yeah, I did it, guys. <laughs> it's only cost me three thousand dollars. <laughs> oh Jesus! But yeah, I, I want to play more. Definitely. Really mm. intrigued. Okay, what else is there? I like to talk Yo. a little bit about Battle Brothers. Can I talk about? Oh yeah, Battle I saw Brothers? you playing that, and it looked fun. Sure. Ah yeah, it's. I had this game on my radar a little bit. Sin Victor had played a bunch of it and said it was really good. Uh, it actually came up when we went to Valve. Robin Walker, during the meeting, uh, one of his uh, the guys who was in the meeting with him pulled up his Steam account, and Robin's like, "I noticed you haven't got Battle Brothers installed. What did I say about that?" <laughs> So apparently he's on a bit of a personal internal crusade to get everyone in the company to play Battle Brothers. I'm like, well, that's a ringing endorsement. Is this a tower defense? No, not at all. Tactics. Okay. Tactics game. Uh, so 
you it's this is about as close maybe to mountain blade crossed with game of thrones crossed with ftl that you could probably get i just want to point out for the record there is a game called battle bros <laughs> uh that is it tower defense so oh, that's the same I, thing yeah Bro. that's that's not why not at all the same thing <laughs> i was like why the fuck is tv playing never no. mind <laughs> battle, i love battle bros yeah the battle bros battle brothers tactics game so you start off where you, the start of the game pretty much everyone dies every single time by the way on Great. purpose uh you you are the guy who becomes the captain of a mercenary company after everybody fucking dies. You've got no money. You've got shitty equipment. You're expected to somehow survive in some way and make something of yourself. And it's very tricky. Your characters can die very easily, very XCOM-like in that respect. And you can work on a guy for ages. You can get him leveled up. You can get him the best gear. And he might just have his head chopped off. Because, you know, it's a mercenary company. It's ba it's real fighting. It's grim. It's dark. It's gritty. And if it doesn't get his head chopped off, he might lose an arm or some shit, get a permanent wound. Uh, there's been a little bit of Darkest Dungeon in there for good measure because morale is a big deal. Uh, I've noticed right. an effective tactic of scaring the enemy is to decapitate one of them. And that scares what? everyone else. What? Yeah. <laughs> I, one of my guys has a Kopesh, which is like that kind of curvy sword. And one of the moves is to deca a decapitation move. So if I chop off like their leader's head and their leader's head then bounces around on the floor everywhere and spurts blood and gets all over them they get kind of scared by that so it turns out holy shit so Joe. that's pretty legit <laughs> but outside of that it's it's a hex based tactics game where you're riding around the world trying to get contracts and make people trust you hire new mercenaries but also feed them Make sure you've got enough medical supplies. Make sure you've got enough tools to fix their gear because your armor degrades in battle. So your shield breaks, you gotta fix it, you know? Your armor wears down from being hit. All that kind of shit. And broken weapons don't really work very well. It's really fucking cool. It's very compelling. It's extremely difficult. But it's one of those games, like kind of Darkest Dungeon, where having guys die is part of the fun. Mm. Like, getting really invested in the character and then having him get his head cut off or die in a valiant defense or something is a cool story in and of itself. And It's like Blood Bowl, the legends. Sort of, but a lot less RNG bullshit. <laughs> there's definitely some dice rolling going on in it, but there's, very, there's a lot less, oh, I sprinted a little further than I could have, and now I tripped over and broke my neck and died. A bit more like That's XCOM. Uh, what I like about it as well is it's very, it's low fantasy. So there's stuff like orcs and skeletons and stuff, but it, you can't use magic. You're using regular ass weapons. There's no, I have an enchanted fiery sword of orc slaying bullshit. It's like, no, you're a regular mercenary company. A pitchfork is a weapon. Not a, not a bad one either. Jesse, your character is uh, Jesse the poker. And he's been poking people for quite some time. He's <laughs> a backline fighter. He uses a pitchfork. <laughs> So you use like very often shitty weapons. Like my my two handed axe guy is main weapon was a woodcutter's axe because he was a fucking forester. You know, he's a lumberjack before he came on to the mercenary company and shit. And everyone has their own little backstories, and they have, that affects cool how shit. well they perform. Yeah, it's, and you you can name everyone like that's absolutely just, like, just... yep. There's even a barber you can go in. Let me tell you the story of Gerard the bearded, mightiest of warriors, who fell in battle. 
next to the murder tree. The murder tree, the double-edged sword, the most fickle of mistresses. Sure. For Gerard was a level four, two-handed, axe-wielding ox of a man. Upon visiting Heimdall, we extended the size of his beard and colored it blue. For, oh. for we believed that this truly would be a representation of what Gerard is inside, not outside, but inside. His true, true persona. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, is this, are, are we talking about Persona again? <laughs> Indeed, that we might be getting back to that. Time after time in battle, he led his men and proved himself. And his favorite stratagem, unknown to his enemies, was that of the murder tree. For you see, he would bring his mighty two-handed woodsman's axe, and he would stand next to the largest tree on the battlefield. The tree that he would designate the murder tree. And the foolish enemy, they would come one by one, they would circle the murder tree, and... Whack! Atop their head, down, cleaved in twain would they be as Gerard brought down his mighty Wait, he woodsman's axe. the tree and that's where he fought? No, he stood, <laughs> he stood next to the tree, forcing his enemies to circumnavigate the tree upon which they would be ambushed with a mighty, mighty downward swing. Tree? It's they a big fucking you know, tree. Like, a very side? large tree. It took up at least one hex. One hex, one mighty hex was the murder tree, but one day that fickle mistress who had brought Gerard so much success on the battlefield that had engorged his legend to mighty engorged levels. I didn't script this. You probably Gosh. could guess. Sure. <laughs> it, but one day the murder tree did turn upon him for around the tree, Gerard perceived another victim, but not a victim, no, no. For this was to be his end. For wow. the murder tree was not kind that day. The downward swing, it did miss. The follow-up downward swing, it once again missed. He got two and swings <laughs> off and missed both? And Gerard, wow, he turned to the tree and said, Tree, murder tree, why have you forsaken me? The murder tree did not reply, and he was cut down without mercy, left to bleed, and his blood did feed the murder tree in some fashion. Circle of life. That's circle did. of life right there. Yeah. Murder tree gets it did, you. It did fertilize the soil around the murder tree forevermore, <laughs> and Gerard would fall unceremoniously on the battlefield, and we would learn never again to trust our stratagem to the murder tree, for the murder tree is fickle and lies and probably didn't help all that much, all things considered. So ends the legend of Gerard and the murder tree. Mm. That was wow. a pretty good story. We, we got, beautiful. We hired another guy called Gerard II, dressed him up just the same as you, and he died the first battle, like, straight away. No! Like, you named just, the guy Gerard II. I know, I named him Gerard II. <laughs> he he died immediately. Did he uh, have any sons for Gerard III? I, I I think I, I think we're just gonna leave that now. Like two in a row, it's probably <laughs> not gonna happen. Like it's, uh, it was it was ugly, yeah. But I think like naming your characters is half the fun in game in games like yeah, that. Yeah, for oh, sure. Like yeah. Darkest Dungeon, Nexcom, yeah, because <clears throat> you get all those wonderful little stupid ass stories out of it. It's it's good fun. It's cruel though. There's no doubt about that. Like you can fuck up, and uh, the battles for the most part, you've just got to be careful. You gotta learn how things work. Like you can use it doesn't have cover like XCOM does, but you can do shit like set up a shield wall. If you guys got a shield, you can select the shield wall skill, and if more people stand in line with the shield wall, it buffs everyone else in the wall and shit like that. 
Obviously, archers aren't very good at shooting over obstacles. You could put archers on high ground to get extra aim and shit. It's, it's really fucking awesome. It's got a lot going for it. And, like, if you liked the experience of Mountain Blade, where you start with fucking nothing, and you want to build up that legendary mercenary group, the game's got a lot of that going for it. Sounds fun. Well, I might yeah. play that. You should give it a try. Sounds Definitely like a, a fun stream game, too. That's exactly I, I what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, everyone seemed like to enjoy watching it. Sam, I feel like Sam would be the person to just embrace the shit out of that game. <laughs> might be. Sam will embrace any game. Mm. As, long, as long as he can play it for like 12 hours straight mm-hmm. on like a normal day. <laughs> like it's just ironic how a lot of people are like, yeah, we're doing a special 12 hour stream today. And then Sam's like, yeah, I did 12 hours again, fifth time this week. <laughs> He's like, a machine. He's a video game machine. Isn't there's he no obsessed way. with the whole GTA no way play shit at the moment? There's no way to play Is a that- real game. Say that again? Isn't he obsessed with the GTA roleplay shit at the moment? Uh he's he's not doing that right now. He's been oh, playing okay. Tokiden for like 13 oh, hours. Oh yeah, yeah. Day. He was saying, like, why is no one else playing Tokiden? It's like, because we have a show to do, Sam. We got real work to do. <laughs> we like Tokiden. We played Tokiden like last week. You could have played with us, damn it. Dude, he's always looking for people to play with because he keeps getting in groups with little babies. Little baby no hunters. Surprise. Yeah. And- Listen, we were playing it all the first day because Sam found it. And I enjoy those games for a little bit. And then it hits that point where I'm like, I just they don't, don't want to play anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, all right, we killed all the bosses. Now we got to go do this boss five more times so that we get 10 more wings off it. And I'm like, I don't care anymore. This is wow <laughs> at that point. It's like, this is why I left wow for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. Sam, Sam like finished the whole single player story. And so now he's just constantly doing multiplayer either with, you know, whoever he can convince to play with him or with just randos and the randos are always like either incredible or fucking horrible. <laughs> That's one of the problems with games <laughs> like that. Because like, especially if you want to play with your friends, if like one guy gets behind, like it's really hard to catch up. Well, it's like, well, we want to do this like, battle. It's like, well, I don't have the gear for it. And I'm not good at it. You had to progress through the single player to get stuff in the multiplayer, mm. which was like, it seemed dumb. So we kept being like, oh, we could go to the bathhouse soon. And they're like, not until you do three single-player things. Oh, and I'm man. like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't like the separation between those two things. Yeah. Because some people just want to do a multiplayer shit. So mm-hmm. yeah. getting bound into that is a bit... Mm, I don't know about that. What else has everyone else been playing this week? Someone's going to have something we talk about ukulele. the new Overwatch update? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Sure. yeah. I, I was, so kinda, good, I was actually going to keep that for the news. If you, oh. Oh. No. Uh, or is it something that you should have been playing well i mean didn't it didn't the didn't the trailer for that just come out like two days ago it's already no like the game it's already in the game oh okay yeah we we could sure i guess if you got that sexy genjo skin everybody's very excited so straight up it is like a new mode that actually has a story and a cutscene and like interaction between characters and it's so much fun and it actually is what i always wanted in overwatch and i'm so thrilled and if anything i believe they're starting to find stats or starting to get stats now that people enjoy that more than the actual base game this is going to turn into a starcraft 2 co-op situation isn't it where people are playing more co-op now than they are the latter mm-hmm. i mean yeah, to be uh, fair this will that'll be a reason to get me to come back and play a bit of overwatch the you know it's kind of the same as with hearthstone where they've gone completely the wrong direction with this where they 
adventures would bring back casual players. Like, because adventures were really fun and they were story driven yeah. and had a bunch of new fights. And now they decided we're not doing adventures anymore. We're just going to do these giant fucking ass pack releases and big expansions. And a lot of people are now complaining that the game is too expensive now. It's like keeping up is nigh on impossible. Yeah, and I don't know why they got rid of the adventure things. I don't know why they were fun. I haven't played since the last adventure. Real talk. Yeah, I, I granted. Either, actually, Angora cards, top tier RNG I'm fun. I'm told that Angora cards are fun. Yeah, but, they are pretty fun. But they seem like it's becoming so expensive for people to keep it up is. with that game. Yeah, it's point. becoming very expensive. Where like, uh, it's just. I'll like make a deck and then people are like, I wish I could have those cards. And I'm like, yell at them. Don't yell at me. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to get people mad. Like that doing a stupid gimmick deck was like almost insulting to them. It's like, yeah, you fuck around with this dumb fucking deck and I can't even have half these cards. You fucking like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Damn. I mean, for a long time, honestly, I was only coming and playing the weekly tavern brawls. Cause I was just kind of sick of it. And That's all I do up until an expansion hits. Canning adventures is one of the reasons why I, I wouldn't do it. But you're saying, you know, this new Overwatch content. Do you? Th it seems like they're gonna do more of this stuff, right? You know, yeah. describe like to someone who hasn't played it because I haven't touched it. I don't think sure. I have Overwatch installed right now. What is it? And you know, is it a good example of what they're trying to do? How are they going to do it better? How often would they maybe do you know things the like this TF2, in the future? Uh... What's it called? The machine war? Man, man versus machine. Man, it's like that, except they added some story to it. Okay. Essentially, it is Tracer's first mission uh, with original Overwatch, and uh, this it's in the past, and you play as Mercy, Reinhardt, uh, Tracer, and Torbjorn, and you're sent off by Commander Morrison and uh, Anna to go and defeat this attack on uh, London. And uh, also Blackwatch is there, so you get backstory of uh, our dear friend Reaper before he becomes Reaper. And what's interesting is that as you play through this, this, uh, this, this robotic Omnic attack, um, all these characters, every time you play, there are multiple lines of dialogue that they say to each other. So every time you play through this, because you know if you're doing all the achievements and shit, you're playing through it a bunch, um, you learn new things and you get new aspects of these characters. So it's like story modey, and you're like, oh, that's cool. I'll be, yeah. So then they all have different conversations and, and, you know, even at the get go, uh, Anna is giving Reinhardt shit. She's like, don't charge in. Ryan's like, I wouldn't do that as you're charging into shit. So like, <laughs> you know, it, it's really, really, it, it's, it's a, it's super fun. I will say much like the Halloween event, it is straight up, uh, once you hit that expert level, expert and legendary, it becomes a whole nother thing. You're like, fuck, why is it so hard? So you really have to like step it up. But if you're in it for some achievements or some fun and you just want to dick around, it's super cool. I don't know anything about the limited time stuff of the skins. So I do know you can buy them with gold. So that's good. But again, this is one of those things where they're hitting you with that, that stuff you can buy. So, you know, but the good news is, I think it's really cool you get loot boxes just for doing this shit, like doing the, the missions and going back. And then there's a version of it where it's not those four characters and you can play as anyone. So that's also really cool. And Bastion is a stone cold killer on that version. Like you just gun down robots and it's amazing. You're like, there can be only one Omnic. You're just destroying everyone. Um, it's, it's, 
super fun and it's really interesting to see they have a cutscene and a story bit to it where they introduce everything they had a comic release alongside of it that shows the run-up to it and it's like this is tracer's first mission so golly gee and so all the characters like looking out for her because she doesn't really know what she's doing yet oh it yeah, is the, the, idea, the most tracers like a, don't know what they're doing at the best of times yeah the idea of like a like a confused or a young tracer is really cool just like i don't know what i'm doing I, i'm new to the crew like that's that's really cool yeah yeah she's like don't worry you know cheers love i'm new here yeah like mercy's looking out for her and trying to keep her alive <laughs> and she's like don't worry about me i'll be fine and like <laughs> it's great it's great and and one of the jokes is one of the parts you have to like torbjorn is making the uh a, a, like the movable objective he's making it and, and it takes four minutes and over the four minutes it keeps breaking and being shit and everyone's just like oh my god you're the worst at this it's like no no i'll fix it don't worry it'll be fine it's super fun and really silly and um yeah and you play like, the actual mode with people and we get a tracer who just runs in and dies and we're like god damn it you gotta go res them and they just die again you're like oh my god and it, it works it works really well because you can just r to res someone but you have to go to them and res them but at the same time you're under attack so it can either you can either be really cool and save someone and like keep going or you snowball into defeat like at the at legendary level one death is like let that person be dead for a little bit because <laughs> if you go and try to save them you're all dead so it's it's very interesting and cool the way they've done this and i'm excited to see future uh adventure modes i guess you could call it now, I if I recall great. correctly, and maybe I'm misremembering this, it's entirely possible, that back when they the first did this with the Halloween thing, Jesse, I asked you, like, if this seemed like a good future for Overwatch, if they, you know, you wanted to bring more stuff like this, and I'm pretty sure you said you kind of didn't think they were going in that direction. Do you, uh, has that opinion changed now? I mean, I don't, look, I say a lot of shit that I don't remember saying, so I'm going <laughs> to take, take your word for this. Really uh, because Coxtradamus always seems to dig up the oldest possible things that he said. So that's confused. true. That's I mean, true. you don't you don't know if I'm just making shit up because I know you can't I really be asked don't. to go back. You and could check. be. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, like Jesse. You remember, you remember when you said that you hated the entire state of Spain? Like, well, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. On that episode. Occasions, yeah. On numerous occasions, I've said that. That's why I remember. Uh, no, the thing, the reason why I don't remember this because I don't know that I would have said that because I kind of enjoyed that mode. I think, if anything, my complaint would be because it was short and it didn't give. It was just like a the Castle Junkenstein, and that was it. It, it was, was like just a bit of a throwaway, and that they really weren't like taking it seriously. Yeah, yeah. If they give you more story versions of that and story modes and things that aren't just like it's May Snowball fight, like if they give you real things that like this was fun because. I like this game because of the characters and I like the world it's in. And I like that it's this future that even though fucking robots are destroying everything, it still is bright and colorful and like nice to look at all the things about overwatch that I love are in this event. And I just want more of it. And it's, and you know what? I, I, it really, I'm proud to see statistics saying that everyone enjoys cooperative versions of overwatch more yeah. than PVP. I think that is a good sign for me as a gamer because that's the shit I love. I love getting some friends and like, let's just fucking kill robots. That shit's yeah. so much fun. If, yeah, it, if right? it will keep you off of Heroes of the Storm and the tirades <laughs> that end up in the support chat every time you would see Victor come that off Heroes of Heroes of the Storm, nah, storm 2.0? Is, is it going to be great? It's here. You mean Heroes of the Storm, the exact same game, but we changed the way. <laughs> yeah, we had loot boxes. We changed the way that you sell things. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing is different. 2.0, you think, you know, game changes. 
massive yeah. overhaul. Massive I was like, oh, this might be good. And they're page. like, we've introduced yeah. loot boxes. You can get skins. I'm like, all right, what else? Yeah. They're like, welcome to Heroes 2.0. I mean, <laughs> all I, all like, I can oh, say is okay. I am glad that Blizzard has finally seen the light and are turning Overwatch into the Battleborn clone it should have been to begin with. So, right. you know, thanks to them for that. I'm, very much appreciated. Sarcasm all, I'm with you. I think it's great. I fucking love it. I'm like, I'd be happy with that. Like, there's some fucking amazing modes in fucking Battleborn that I'd love to have seen moved over to Overwatch, you know, and you could use it now, the whole Omnic... Uh, remember the mode where you were feeding the robots to the giant junk robot thing? It's like, I'm going to turn you into office yeah. supplies. Ha ha ha. That, that mode, Meltdown, I think, was the name of the mode. I'd love to see that in Overwatch. That would be brilliant. Mm. Yeah, this thing you are literally going... Round one is you're going down to shut down giant laser turrets that are shooting the sky so you can have a drop ship come down and drop a thing that then you have to take to the the end point and then you basically fight a room that is four orisas and two uh bastions which is literally like the it's it's the it's the last uh king's row area so everyone who's played that on pvp knows how much of a f clusterfuck that is yeah so imagine that with bastions and like that all these sounds horrific <laughs> it's super fun to be like how the fuck do we beat this that's great. I I, I'm into that kind of thing. And yeah. like the biggest problem I've had with Overwatch for the longest time is boring game modes. And if they if they are gonna try some different stuff with co-op, and if they then take co-op and do a bit of a melding between PvE and PvP, like that's that's great for me. I'd love to see that. You know, the, I know people are like, oh, what if it splits the player base? Well, I mean, there's a shit ton of players. And there's the thing: if it's splitting the player base, doesn't that indicate that some of the modes maybe aren't very good? And maybe no, we should look talk. into that. So tired of the capture the point. I don't want to capture the point anymore. It's so boring. I haven't wanted to push the payload to capture the point in six months at least. You know, I, I'm, yeah. I just have no interest. But I will reinstall the game for this mode. This sounds great. It's so, a lot of fun. I'll play this, anytime you want to. When is this over? Like, do we have a specific end date for it, or is it just? Um, gonna be a there thing? is. I do not know what it is right now. But this is this is a limited event. Uh, which again worries me about the skins because if it's a limited event, it's like it's a past and it's a story thing. You know, Will they ever bring goes. it back like a Halloween thing? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. So here I am, like I'm just gonna keep playing and maybe I'll unlock it by getting the boxes. But just know if they if I see that date coming up of when it ends, I'm gonna be like, fuck it, here we go, goodbye. Yeah, so just getting credit cards. That's it. Yeah. We done. Oh, man. Yep. It's so soon. Yeah, jump on it now. Play it. Yeah, I'll give it a try. Anything else that anybody else has been playing this week? I've played. Like uh, to mention. Oh. What do you uh, got? I've played about twenty-five hours of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds this week. <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> that game is so fun, though. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so much better than all the other ones, like H1Z1, because they actually uh, improved upon what those other games did badly. Well, you see, I'm getting conflicting opinions on this, so I'd like to hear what, what you got to say on it. As to the idea that one improved on the other or one just did something a bit different to the other. Like, my understanding of H1Z1 is that it's a much more arcadey kind of version of Player Unknown Battlegrounds. And that Player Unknown Battlegrounds is much closer to the original armor mod that inspired the whole bunch of them in the first place. And as a result, they could very much be marketed towards two different audiences that want two different flavors of this battle royale style thing would, yeah, would you agree or disagree that. with that but uh like having play i never really played arma that much 
So I can't really come at it from an Arma perspective, but I played H1Z1 a lot. And to me, it just feels like a better H1Z1. H1Z1 is very buggy, even though it's been out for a long time. H1Z1 started as a zombie survival game, and they're like, oh shit, we need to (laughs) take advantage of the more popular mode. Which, to Uh, be fair, is a reasonable way to do it. You know, cut off the fucking limb before it infects everything else. If there's one part of the game that people are obviously enjoying, there's another part that there isn't, then why the fuck support the other one? Yeah. Um, And then there's just a lot of little things. Like, it actually shows where you are on the map. You can be like, oh, there I am. There's my little cursor thing. I'm here. And in H1Z1, they were, at least when I was playing it, you couldn't, you didn't know where you were. You just had to look at the map and be like, all right, it says H352. I got to look okay on the map. Okay, that's, I guess I'm around here. Uh, they have uh, spectate mode, H1Z1. I don't know if they have spectate mode yet, but for the longest <laughs> time, you couldn't spectate your friend in Duo Q if you died. So you just had to sit there and be like, what are you doing? Like, that's I'm- a very dumb omission. <laughs> yeah. That's so, like half the fun of Rainbow Six Siege when you get gunned down is watching the other guys, you know, and the tension of that spectating. Can't imagine. Yeah. Apparently they've they've like added that in H1Z1 right now. What really intrigues me is the arms race between these two games at the moment. Because I imagine the H1Z1 devs have had to go into fucking overdrive to keep yeah. up with... Because they have real competition I mean, now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they immediately like dropped a patch, I think, right when Player Unknown's Battlegrounds came out. Mm-hmm. They dropped a big patch. Yeah. So. They're very aware. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm looking at the numbers at the moment. King of the Kill continues to have the higher concurrence. But right now, at this very moment as this pro- podcast is on, Battlegrounds actually has 82,000 people playing it, and King of the Kill has 68,000 people playing it. But what's interesting, and I wonder if this is a regional difference, King of the Kill at 10 a.m. this morning had 120,000 people playing it, which makes me think that maybe King of the Kill is more popular in Europe and Battlegrounds is more popular in the US. Interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. intriguing. I wonder if there's an aspect of region... Uh, I, I'm at, they're not region-locked, but you know that maybe there's a regional preference. But it seems like if you're going to have both of these companies going at it, that's good for everybody because there's yeah. going to be an arms race and they're going to be both forced to update frequently and do things well. Yeah, I'd rather have them both competing than just one dominating the other one because then it's good for both games one thing yeah. i also like is they have uh sometimes you'll get a rain map and it's actually really cool because it changes the mechanics like you can't hear footsteps as well so if you're in a house you just hear rain or thunder nice. and you're like i don't know if someone else is here compared to if you don't get the rain map so it's cool how they add weather uh, to the same map but it makes a huge difference which i've really liked hmm. interesting some people are saying that H1Z1 does very well in China at the moment. Intriguing. Yeah, 10 a.m. might make some degree of sense there. Interesting. Hmm, I wonder... Man, if that game becomes the Chinese game and Battlegrounds dominates the English-speaking nations, you'll probably see business model changes for King of the Kill to cater more towards China at that point. Oh, yeah, I actually uh, punched Invicta to death. That was a great moment. (laughs) I was playing with Gmart... Oh, yeah. And Victor was playing with Northern Lion that and he landed. That so much about the Chinese market. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and Sinvicta was gathering stuff and I was like, oh shit, who would come here? And it was Sinvicta and I punched him to death. And uh, then we got killed by Northern Lion but didn't defeat the fact that, Damn, that I had, is- pu- had punched him. Amazing. No, no, it changes everything. It you does. punched a guy who was not prepared for it and his oh. friend came and kicked your asses. That's a great story, actually. That's one thing. 
melee combat in the game hover is shit like shit yes, garbage uh it needs to be fixed really badly and there is there's still some rubber banding and stuff and they're working on it and there's definitely uh been like more cheaters and hackers and stuff as it's went along and they've said they're trying to fix that as well but yeah. like they're going in a really good direction which is what i like well i mean i hope that both games go in a good direction and then we see other competition come up and do things well because there's been so many mismanaged titles you know the culling was supposed to be the tits and then it went tits up and nobody plays it anymore yeah and i, I enjoyed the calling too but i i'd like to see one that's a bit more like division survival where pve is a factor in it like that mm. you're also dealing with pve enemies and not just other players mm. no one's really done that yet outside of the divisions mode so i'd right. love to I, I would be more into that honestly because mm. it also means that you don't have those extended areas uh extended periods of downtime where it's like well i'm coming across player for 10 minutes so there's literally nothing to do uh, right. if there's well, pve enemies nice there's always about something this to do. one i feel like there's more to loot in this game so you can spend more of that time looting and you'll be like oh i found mods for my gun while well, h1z1 doesn't have mods for guns or anything like that so they have a better loot table i think well a lot of that is still open in boxes i guess if you <laughs> like open in boxes cool no not like opening but like you find it in the game you don't get it outside of the game. I know. You're opening boxes in the game. But you're not opening boxes just on the floor. Oh, that's totally different then. Yeah, okay. That changes everything. Yeah, it does. Cool. Listen, if something's in a box, it's harder to see. If it's on the floor, you're like, well, I walked in, I got it. Good to know. There's a difference. Uh, can I briefly talk about a game that <laughs> is part of a genre where every game in it is kind of shit? Which is, sure. you know, it's kind of a nice little segue from a genre that now is getting good, that being the kind of battle royale sort of genre. There's still the asymmetric four versus one multiplayer horror genre. Okay. That's still yeah. all terrible. Like, I'm sorry, like Dead by Daylight, um, to oh, some yeah. extent, Friday the 13th. There's a game called White Noise 2. There's been a bunch of games before this that were all shit as well, like Damned and I think, was it Haunting Realms or Dead Realms or something? Mm. white noise 2 is a game that we played on cry's late night stream at the weekend and it just came out of early access and it had a ton of positive reviews on steam so i'm like all right that sounds interesting let's see if this is the game that did it right it's not <laughs> it's Damn. boring as fuck so, so it's the boring really it's really boring in fact i think most of these games are boring i think dead by daylight is boring as fuck and this one is as well, in my opinion. It's a four versus one, so there's four investigators and a monster. And there's a few different monsters you can unlock, and they have different powers. And they have to collect eight videotapes. And then once they've collected eight videotapes, they have to shatter a bunch of these artifacts and basically get rid of the zombie from our reality, or the monster from our reality, or whatever. And the monster has to try and kill the whole team. But in this case... If you shine a light at the monster, then the monster will eventually have to teleport away. So the monster has a couple of different magical powers to try and immobilize and scare the enemy and stuff. And you got to try and eat the other players. And if a player dies, you have to come back as a ghost and you can kind of help the remaining players. So at least unlike Dead by Daylight, where you're sitting there doing literally fucking nothing, 
you know, you, you at least have something you can do. You can scout as the ghost. You can uh, make the idols. There's like these totems that you can put up as the monster to scare people. You can try to get away rid of them with the as the ghost. But the game seems impossible to lose unless you are all idiots. If you're <laughs> playing as the investigators. Okay. As I mentioned, you've got to shine a light at the enemy monster to make it go away. And when you do that, the monster's like, ah, the light, the light. And then they eventually teleport away to a random part of the map and have to go and find them again. These maps are fucking huge. And it's not too difficult to just shine a light at them. But if you get close to one of the investigators, you start eating them quite slowly. It takes a while to fully eat them. But as soon as you've got light shined on you while you're doing that, you immediately break that attack animation and you stop eating them. So you've done a little bit of damage to them, but the whole thing seems to be this annoying-ass war of attrition. Mm. If all the investigators stayed together the way they should, and they shined their lights where they should, and they shared their resources properly, it sounds like it should be impossible to lose right. as the investigators. And the only time that the monster won was when people were fucking stupid. And what's interesting about the game, or more accurately, what's boring about the game is I'm almost certain the game is deliberately designed to be boring to force you to make a mistake. <laughs> Seriously. Like the, fear, like, like the fear of performing well, like messing up is the point of the game. Like, don't be good and, and we'll get you. Yeah, it's more fun if you fuck up. But the process of playing properly is so dull that people stop paying attention, get bored, and do something stupid. Right. Like, there's no way you should ever lose cohesion of your group of four people. And yet, it happens all the time. Because mm -hmm. people just, they get bored because they're like, oh, we're looking for another videotape and walking around very slowly, looking for batteries for our torches, looking for another fucking videotape. They're like, oh, God, this is dull. And then we're like where did cry go he wandered off over there it's like guys i got bored so i went over here and it's like <laughs> well this is the only way that you can lose because you split up from the rest of the group the game has a shout function for when you because you don't have a mini map you have like a compass so you can shout to say where you are because there's no nameplates or anything but it's like you should never need that at all yeah. i'm looking at <laughs> gameplay right now even like when a ghost is around it's kind of distracting like the ghost shows up and to help and you're like are you are you with me or are you against me because you're just kind of right. hanging out kind of floating around like way. it's it really is a tedium simulator you have to resist the urge to do the things which would get you killed but the things that would get you killed are the only interesting things to do in the game like taking risk. Risk is unnecessary from what I can tell. You'd think that'd be like, oh, well, you know, if you're not fast enough, then shit would happen. Like there'd maybe be a time limit on stuff. There isn't. The only effective timer is how many batteries you have for your torches. But batteries are so frequent and easy to find that that's not a factor. I feel mm. like if you just create like the moving like plus of like, one two three four and you're shining your light in all directions like the game's over like you're never gonna get wrecked you, you should you should never lose yeah in theory. in theory but in practice because people get so bored by the ridiculously dull gameplay they do end up losing right <laughs> and i just found that hilarious <laughs> there was uh, the basic creature I, I tried playing him a couple of times and some of the other guys did as well and they're like we don't see a way to win as this monster 
Like you would have to, your enemy team would have to be stupid. Right. To actually lose to this guy. There are a couple of other monsters who are a bit more effective, but a lot of it simply seems to be a war of attrition. It's like, all right, I've got to grab some guy. I know I'm not going to kill him, but I will down his health just a little bit. And eventually, maybe I'll finally kill him after grabbing him like 10 or 12 yeah, times. that does not sound fun. It's not. Not in my opinion. I I was hopeful for this one because it had so many positive reviews, but then I'm again reminded that people are stupid. So we, all of us were just bored by this fucking thing. It's like we're slowly walking around looking. It's looking for pages. It's fucking slender all over again. Right, it, yeah. You know, it just, Jesse, I feel like you and I might dig this game for a little bit just because of the, the scary game squad element. It's, it's like not a, that scary. Even I, I don't like horror games and I wasn't scared by it. It has the it has the inherent problem with all horror movies. It isn't scary until they the kids become idiots and they're like, "Well, you and I go to the basement and then you two stay up." Like it's it's an RPG situation where it's like, "Don't split off from your party, dum dums." Yeah. And right. once you and once you don't do that, well, then it immediately becomes boring because it's there's no when the concept is you just shine a light on a thing, you don't have to like actually fight it or trap it or something. No, you then don't. all you have to do is point in four directions and just move together as a group and you win. Yeah. yeah. That literally is it. I wish it was more trap based and all that kind of thing. And I wish there was just a some sort of timer on it because games took like twenty to thirty minutes, and yeah. it's yeah. not like oh god, my flashlights have run out. Even if your flashlights run out, you have a recharging glow stick, which does the same thing. Where you can throw like a grenade. You don't have a limited number of them. You, they're just on a cooldown. So even if you all ran out of torch batteries chances are you're going to be able to just survive on those until you find more you, so, you're, right. I, I, you're right a timer is needed some there needs to be some mechanic where it's like it be like in 20 oh, minutes the summoning is complete you know yeah yeah, yeah. Some, like there's it'll be, gotta be like a way to raise the stakes there's yeah. gotta be a way to just make it that urgent. makes you have to run and makes yeah. you have to like you, right, you guys have to go that way and we'll go this way and we got to get this done yeah yeah you're right there is totally no escalation and i find mm -hmm. my, i find in a lot of multiplayer games i hate if it has no escalation you know i want something to get more and more tense and crazy as it goes on and yeah, it doesn't for sure yep really at all what would be great I... uh, take the evolve formula you know make the monster get more powerful the longer this mm -hmm. fucking shit takes you're absolutely yeah, right. Like a summoning sure. ritual that's going to take 10 minutes. And the longer you take during this 10 minutes, the more stronger the monster gets. Uh -huh. So the closer it gets to the 10 minute mark, now he has all sorts of crazy fucking superpowers. Yeah. So you better be running early, which means that you split up early, which means he can take you out early. Like there's yeah, I like that idea. options and chances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost wish that this was taking place in like an old mansion so that you could accidentally go through like trap doors oh, or like yeah. an evil style old mansion that'd be awesome yeah yeah that'd find find like a book like if you you know while you're looking for tapes like if you pull something wrong off of a shelf then it'll like spin you around and suddenly you're in another room and like yeah. like no, things that force the group needs. to force split yeah. up no, that's I'm a not great gonna idea tell, i'm not gonna tell resident evil what to do with their franchise but a straight up 4v1 resident evil like want to use a fucking nemesis dude and the everyone else is like claire and fucking ada and you're just the four you have to run around shit that'd be the dopest effing game oh god fuck i would yeah. play, I'd play the fuck out of that I, yeah. I'd, I'd love it too if it's like you're like all of you are all four together and you start walking and then like one of like the wooden things below you just like just collapses and so now it's like you're split up like that person's now gone and 
oh, by the way, there's monsters down there. So it's like, oh shit, like panic, do something quickly. Also, yeah, one of the guys should be a traitor. Like from the yeah. start. Like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Cool. I know there's a, there is, one, there is a game. one person is part of the ritual. Yeah, <laughs> like they're possessed or something. They're aiding them. They're some Holy kind of cultist. Shit. Uh, there was, there was something we saw on Steam a few weeks ago that was kind of like that, right? Like, I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it was like one of them was in one of them you was infected or whatever, and you don't know who. So you got that always That's watching your back kind of thing. But yeah, I love the way that you. You know, you're talking about that, like forcing people to separate through level design and, you know, having those traps. You could position the traps randomly and all that kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of these yeah, games. Deceit, I think, is the name of that game. I think. Yeah, a lot exist. of these games like have too much. Either the boss thing is too strong or the players are too strong. Yeah. And there's never that really any. Very hard. Yeah. There's never really like, environmental interaction, really, yeah. aside from like tweak this machine. And if it explodes, they'll know where you are like dumb, really <laughs> stupid yeah. things like that instead of traps and really but thought out levels if you could have a, a like an insane crazy mansion where at the same time there's the weird spiky rolling thing trap that could kill you but if you're smart you can lure the monster in there and kill him with it and like shit like that would be amazing yeah. what about a dungeon one like it was all in a dungeon and they're like randomized dungeons and maybe the monster had a mini map so he knew where to go in the dungeon all you everybody else did that like the minotaur and there's four yeah, people. Yeah, the Minotaur. Yeah. Oh shit! I would play the, the Minotaur. Minotaur like goes around the labyrinth, like fucking killing people. Well, that yeah. kind of reminds me of there's Zombie Master, which is that awesome fucking Half-Life mod where you played it from a top-down perspective as the Zombie Master, and then everyone else was trying to fix the engine to do the thing, to do the thing to escape, and you were uh, spending points to summon different groups of monsters and special monsters, and you could set off traps. That was super fucking fun. They need to make a that's, more modern version of that. That's what that fucking EverQuest game was going to be. And I'm so it sad was, they canceled yeah. that. Uh, no, the, the Fable yeah, yeah. one, right? The oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the Fable, Fable one. Fable one. Yes, yeah, Fable. you're totally right. Yeah, I was really disappointed that they canceled that one. I got a uh, cape from that at E3. That was super fucking it fun. It was really fun. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to that one. People are like, oh, wait, we just want Fable Force. Like, no, I actually want something interesting. Fable's never been interesting. What the hell are you talking yeah, I don't about? know why they canceled it. Yeah. God. Yeah. I also just remember they canceled EverQuest too. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> EverQuest <laughs> next. Double yeah. hit right there. Like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, the Minecraft EverQuest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one other thing, I guess, before we, uh, we're sort of already, we're, we've forgotten the format at this point. We don't give a fuck. We're, just, <laughs> we're, we're, going, we're going to go till dawn. Whatever. Um, did you see that game, uh, Use Your Words? Yes, yeah. I played that. Yeah, uh, th there's another game I want to talk about that you haven't mentioned yet, which is Sexy Brutal. We haven't got back on it. Basically, you can, know, you can blame I, ukulele I for eating a path to shit. <laughs> We're going to talk about fucking Sexy Brutal. That's going to fucking happen whether you like it or not. Use your words, though. We played a bit of that on Crystream. That was great fun. Like, it's a... Yeah. Go. Go for it. <laughs> you were about to say something. S Take the wheel, uh, Jesus. I, I was going to say that when I first opened that game, it crashed my entire computer. And I, I was like, oh, no. But then once I was actually able to play it, yeah, it was fun. Um, it's weird that it, like, it creates a code for you, and that's just your code until you basically, like, reboot the game. Yeah, um, it locks so that the code was kind out. Of a weird situation. Instead of giving you a co new code every time, it makes it easier for people to join, I guess, rather yeah. than having to bring up a new code every single time. I understand but, some, something like that anyway. Yeah, the only problem was um, when people would disconnect. Like they have a button that's like "kick disconnected players," so yeah. I was kept I kept having to like kick disconnected players because people were having problems. Like, yeah, 
getting in there, but, um, yeah, I, I love the subtitle game. That's my favorite one Yeah, where you have to make up subtitles for foreign films. Holy shit. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So unlike Jackbox, which is like five games, this is one game with like four components and it's a social voting game for all intents and purposes. You control it the same way you would Jackbox with either a browser or a smartphone or a tablet. Pretty much any device you can think of will work. And the first mode shows you a clip of like an old public domain film, something they have the rights to. And it'll give you a line and then it'll say, insert subtitle here. Everyone has to come up with the best subtitle they can. And then it plays all of them back and you vote for the ones that you like the most. And the people that you like the most get the points. But if you accidentally select the house answer, then you lose points. So it's often a case of trying to figure out. I fell for the house answer so many times. They're surprisingly good. <laughs> they they're actually sound like things that people you know would say. <laughs> yeah, they're really smart because uh, that's an issue that Jackbox had for a while in that you know, say, a player's answer is a player's answer if there's like a typo in it or something like that. They actually wrote the house answer specifically to fool you into believing that it was that. They'll put typos in them. There's a bunch mm -hmm. of different house answers so you don't necessarily see the same one twice for a clip. There's like seven or eight different house answers per clip, I think. Yeah. Um, that was a shit ton of fun. The other, the, another mode is newspaper, give a headline to this newspaper picture, basically. So that was pretty fun. And then there's like a, what's the third one? I can't quite remember. What is that one? Uh, uh, did you mention the newspaper one? I just mentioned the newspaper one. Okay, newspaper was, one. Dubbing the scene? We, we just did one. that. No, that's... Blankomatic. Uh, Blankomatic, complete the sentence, basically. Uh, right. And then survey says, which is a lightning round, where you basically mm -hmm. have to very quickly uh, do like three answers and vote on them. I uh, I, uh, I know the developer of the game, uh, Brental Floss, very well. I, I He and I talked early on and played a lot of the, the alpha and beta of the game together. And uh, one of the coolest things was we did this as a as a panel at a convention yes and it was so cool because not only did we have like the five of us on stage playing the game but we had a code for the room so everyone could just whip out right. the phone and join in and like awesome. that's such a cool experience just on the fly to let people just join in and participate and yeah it's it's really fun yes yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's what jackbox does as well i think the interesting thing about this is that jackbox I don't know of a single Jackbox party pack where I would say that everything in that Jackbox pack is worth it. Like, there's right. usually you two... You kind of have, like, true. your favorites, yeah. There's usually two very good games, a okay, I guess, for variety, and then two which are just dog shit for the most part. Uh, the first one... Well, what was it? The the standout of the first Jackbox was probably, what, Fibbage, I would think? Yeah, Fibbage uh, or... Yeah, because... Um... Quiplash wasn't on there. No, uh, Quiplash was separate. Because uh, they had Fibbage XL, which again, it was just a bigger version of Fibbage that they released independently. It's between Fibbage and Drawful. Like, those are the two standouts. Then you mm -hmm. had You Don't Know Jack, which was just the quiz game, which some people like, some people don't. And then you had Word Spud, Spud and Lyswater, which were just shit. Both of them were, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jackbox 2 did have Quiplash XL. Bear in mind, they often include just bigger versions of the last game they put out in these things. Mm -hmm. um they had bidiots which i actually really liked bidiots but it's very weird 
getting people to understand idiots. That game even, is hard to get. Yeah, yeah. even explaining. I actually liked Earwax as well, um, which is a sound effects game. The problem is you can't really replay it all that much because there aren't that many sound effects in it. Yeah. So also, uh, what about the one where you murder? Where there's the murder one? People that's that's, that's a number three. That's a mur what murder trivia party or whatever. I love that I, one. I think that one's really fun. That that one's that was probably the standout of Party Pack Three. Uh, a lot of it's funny because I feel like the the most divisive game in three is TKO. I know a lot of people who hate yes. TKO and a lot of people who love TKO. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. Faking it is pretty good in that one. And Gespionage is one of those okay ones. It's much better if you happen to have the chat involved because they provide the data for the data mining. Gespionage is also uh, better for Americans. That's true. A yes. lot of the survey questions are America focused. Yeah. Found that By out. By the way, Krender, I don't know if you realize you're muted, but you are. Yeah, you, you, did, you didn't know. Okay. For the best. <laughs> I mean, I did notice that I, I did notice that this conversation was <laughs> yeah, going a lot better. Yeah, we can't hear you, dude. Damn, why did I fucking tell him? Jesus. Yeah, we were doing great. God you damn. ruined it. <laughs> anyway, as he tries to fix that, yeah, th those pack the packs are good, but you know, for twenty five bucks, you generally get two really good games. One of which is usually a bigger version of one you may already own, uh, right. an okay game, and two shit ones. You know, in this case, it's one game with a lot of replayability, and every part of it's really fun. Although the subtitle part is probably the absolute best. And a lot of it comes down to the fact that even if you have the same clip, you're, there's totally different answers with totally yes. different groups of people. So Hello. you can play the same clip there 20, 30 different times. Hello. Matter. You're back. I'm here. You're back. Yeah. Hello. Yes, I'm back. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's good. Yeah, you did it. It's good to watch. It's good to play with friends. You can very easily play it online so you don't need people in the same room. Only one person needs to own the game. I was going to say... What I was trying to say, but nobody could hear me, is uh -huh. it would be great if people showed up so we could play fun co-optional lounge games. That would like be good. One. I did. I tried to get a group together for this, and I got three people for it. So I decided, fuck it, I'm going on Cry Show instead because he likes me. Yeah, yeah I should just go. go on Cry Show. Yeah, we should just go on Cry Show. Everyone yeah. else is too hey, busy I... with their Jet Set LA lifestyle. I know I go. <laughs> You're right. God, I'm such a Jet Setter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I like how you just gave up on that sentence halfway through it. It's great. You're so correct <laughs> about me. God damn. <laughs> You're turning into Eliza Schlesinger like on a minute by minute basis here. Uh, can I talk about Sexy Brutal? You absolutely can. I want to hear about Sexy Brutal. I haven't got around to playing it yet, and that pisses me off because it looks fucking amazing. Tell me about Sexy Brutal. Uh, it took me, I want to say, like, five hours to beat it. Damn. Um, and it's a very interesting game. It's a, it's a game where you are trying to prevent the murders of all of the guests of a mansion. Um, you and many other people have been invited to this mansion, and you're told by this weird, like, bloody-looking specter lady that, um that all of the staff of the mansion at this moment are like evil that they're that they're planning on murdering all of the guests you have to without being directly involved you have to keep everyone from dying so you have to um you can turn back time 
you live the exact same day over and over and over again. Groundhog day kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're able to uh, listen through doors. You can peek through doors. You have to, you're basically given a target. Like this is the next person who you need to save. And you have to find them in the house, first of all. <laughs> you have to find them and you have to sort of like follow them through their day, like figure out, okay, what exactly happened? And then from there, you can sort of deconstruct it to figure out, okay, what can I change about how their day went Shit. in order to help them, in order cool. to, to keep them from dying? How much like ghost trick is this? Uh, I play very minimal ghost trick. Well, one, that was a mistake. Go play Ghost Trick immediately. You don't even get to finish out the show. You've got to go play Ghost it, Trick. I what put it on my phone and I played a smidge of it. It's and then so I fucking good. I'm sorry. God. I'm sorry. This is why Capcom only puts shit out now because you didn't play Ghost Trick. It's all because of me. Yeah. If you're entirely to blame. <laughs> but it does sound like it's quite a lot like that. And that's a very good thing. Um, it's fantastic. Like it looks great. It plays great. All of the characters are really interesting. And the direction that the game goes in, you're like, what the fuck? Like overall, just as a game, by the end of it, you're going, okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> like, that was a very interesting gaming experience. I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Oh, I'm way in this then. Uh, that's perfect length for me. I'll mm. happily yeah, sit down and try perfect. and play that in one session. Ghost Trick is, Ghost Trick's basically a puzzle game, and so is this, but it's one of the weird puzzle games I actually like. This whole idea of manipulate the situation so that, you know, it's a cause and effect game. It's like this impacts this, impacts this, which stops this from happening, and you rewind time until you get it right. Hmm. And this, particularly stylistically, the whole character design and the aesthetic looks fucking amazing. And this is exactly the kind of puzzle solving that I really actually enjoy. So I'm yeah, all over the, this. All of the all of the puzzle aspects of this game are pretty simple. It's more about the story that the game is trying to tell, um, but it still winds up being really fun to figure out because you know it's a big mansion, so it's really fun to figure out like fuck, where are they? Who do they interact with? Like what happens? You know, and, Good. and like sometimes. I'm an idiot. So yeah, I'm sometimes happy they'll that. interact yeah. with a person and you realize, oh, I actually didn't need to keep following them. I needed to follow the person that they talked to. Like, it's it's cool that way. Great. This sounds so. like perfect. Right up my alley. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a look at this one. And uh, to answer <clears throat> some people's questions in chat, I believe there's only one ending. So okay. it's just like a one-time playthrough. And, it's fine and by me. And Shaka Broth. Yeah, I don't think it was. There was never a reason to play Ghost Trick at the same time either. Because the issue with a game like this is that the whole thing is cause and effect. It's kind of got to be linear. Mm -hmm. There's there's no like other way around it. You've got to find the intricate solution to the problem, and there's no other alternate solution. So it would be difficult to make alternate endings and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, Looks it's great. very good. Um, I had never heard anything about it, and then I popped open Steam, and I was like, "Oh, this game looks interesting." And I hopped into my into my stream yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, we're gonna play the sexy brutal," and everyone was like, "Jim Sterling gave it a ten out of 10. 
Jim Sterling gave it a 10 out of 10. I'm so excited to watch this because Jim Sterling gave it a 10 out of 10. And I was like, fuck, okay. Oh, what a contrarian asshole. He gave some fucking weird ass hipster indie game a 10 out of 10, but only gave Zelda a 7. Man, it's almost as if critics are not necessarily looking for the same things as you are. You know what? To me, Zelda, it's a 10 out of 10. I actually would give Zelda a 12 out of 10 if I had to really rate it. But that would require people respecting you. Yeah, ukulele, fourteen out of ten, easily. Wow, uh, we've already said is... we've already said it's a three. It gives you gout. That's just the reality. Wait, 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 wait! I thought that Crendor gave you gout. No, it gave no. me syphilis no. and gout. He's a minus four. Again, gotcha. I don't even know yeah. how it gave me syphilis. Like we didn't even engage in intercourse. It was weird. Uh, it was like the, the immaculate syphilis. It's there. One of, it's one of the lesser known tales of the Bible. The Immaculate Syphilis. The Immaculate Contraction. <laughs> this podcast is getting a little bit weird. Sure thing, right? <laughs> Zelda, 12 out of 10. Great open world gameplay. Great puzzles. Great fun. Great environment. Great graphics. Great story. When we, came, when we come back, I don't even know what we're going to do at this point. We started late. <laughs> Everything's going fucking bizarre. I've lo- this is why we don't bring on five people. Everything goes to hell. <laughs> hey, I've been having a good time. It's been tight. Yeah, this, yeah, is, this happens sick. every time I'm here. It's a matter of five people. Tight would definitely um, be not the, the definition. Calling the list. Oh, yeah, I called the list. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh, dear. Just making yes. sure. <laughs> we, we gave control of the release list to Crendor this week. Don't worry, it's called. <laughs> it's old. I figure you've got to jump in with both feet. When it comes to <laughs> making a utter failure out of a show, you've got to go the whole way. Dude, I called this list the best out of anyone someone uh there we go you being invaded no the guys upstairs, <laughs> being invaded. Guys upstairs they're are... being invaded we'll be right back after the break don't go invaded. anywhere repel the invasion we'll be right back <laughs> ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the co-optional podcast i deliberately muted you so you couldn't fuck this up crendor there we go i was now counting it with my uh <laughs> I was doing the hand gestures this time. Yeah, I muted you to make sure that people just thought you were stupid while you were doing that, <laughs> rather than deliberately interfering with the show. Seemed to Joke's work out on pretty you. well. They probably I, already think that. I'm one step ahead of you. Plan um, foiled. Except in that respect, yes. You <laughs> do have a good point there, and I can't really dispute it. Anyway, <laughs> Nintendo hates money, as most people are pretty well aware. The latest example is that... Nintendo decided, yeah, you know that really, really, really desirable little NES Mini that sold out immediately upon its release, hasn't really been back in stock since, and people really, really seem to want? Yeah, we're not going to make it anymore. Huh. Yes, they have discontinued the NES Classic Edition. Nintendo representatives said the following throughout April... North America territories will receive the last shipments of the NES Classic Entertainment System. We encourage anyone interested in obtaining it to check with retail. Yep. Sorry, with retail outlets regarding availability. <laughs> that's how much. That's what I think of Nintendo. Uh, we understand <laughs> that it has been difficult for many consumers to find a system, and for that we apologize. We've paid close attention to consumer feedback. We greatly appreciate the incredible level of consumer interest and support for the product. Interesting. You've uh, paid close attention to consumer feedback. That consumer feedback being what the fuck, why can't we buy this? And your response to the consumer interest and support for the product is not to let them buy it. 
At least that has games for it. I mean, true. Yeah, that, that is an advantage of the Switch. I mean, really, both the systems are identical because you can't buy either of them right now. <laughs> so, Dude, I bought mine great. like two weeks ago on Amazon Prime because they finally got more for Prime users. But now I don't have any games to play on it, so it just sits there. I've been looking on, you know, every couple of days I'll look just out of curiosity. It's like, hey, they have a Switch? No. They have a Switch? No. And we're around, they have a Switch? No. It's like, I'm not going to go chasing this shit. Especially when there aren't the only reason I would literally be using it as a handheld has been heroes machine. That would be it. And I'm not and sure that game is worth the three hundred dollars. I just bought has been heroes. I'm it's good. Play it. It's yeah. very it's it's a great game. Uh, it's you know, bit slapdash. Obviously yeah. not that well polished, but it's a fun Wait, game. What is it? Has been heroes. Has been heroes. Yeah. It's pretty cool. What is wrong with these people? For fuck's sake. Like there's artificial scarcity and then there's we hate money. <laughs> I don't and they've been fucking with people with amiibos for years and the worst thing of course about amiibos is that they bind this stupid ass fucking usually cosmetic but not always DLC to set amiibos so the acquisition of those amiibos becomes more of a less about I want a little plastic toy and more of I like this feature I'll in my game you know. that I can't get any other way I have amiibo Animal Crossing cards for new friends in my Animal Crossing town cool what? does that have anything to do with what I was just saying you said amiibos. Yes. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Word Association. You're Bing. You're a Bing as a person. You realize this. It's like, you're Siri. It's like, you sounded like you wanted help with amiibos. You know? Would you like this list of amiibo cards that I have here? You're, you're like Microsoft Clippy with a beard. Listen, I'll take that. I'll be the Microsoft Clippy. Did you mean Microsoft Clippy? Did you mean amiibos? Show things think... related to amiibo. <laughs> Dude. Gerard, you're our resident Nintendo expert. What the fuck are they thinking? You know what? I don't really know, and it's a bit disappointing. Um I uh I, I think I think the only the only perspective as to why I would see anyone like why they would do this, but it doesn't explain it at all and I still disagree with it, is the amount of uh, NES Classic owners who have hacked the uh, NES Classic to hold over like three or 400 games. But that, to me, isn't big enough because of the fact that there's not enough of a user base to have the NES Classic to begin with. And people are willing to spend 60 bucks. That's the thing. It's priced appropriately. And... It's just 60 bucks, like 60 bucks for all of the games you grew up with. Like, let's just, just, just supply it. It's too, it. basically, it's too good to be true. Like there, some people have claimed that they rapidly realized that they were undercutting their own virtual console market by releasing something like this. Do you think that's true? I mean, possibly, but the NES classic is, is not everyone's going to go out. Like to, in my opinion, the NES classic is for two people the hardcore Nintendo fans that want to own this thing and the people who used to go, oh shit, I sold my Nintendo when I was a kid or I at a garage sale. I would love to have one again, but I'm not going to go out and buy a Switch or a Wii yeah. U. And I should nostalgia just buy this. Yeah. yeah. Sega, Sega's been doing that for years. They 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 have yeah. like repro console all-in-ones. They even have a portable one nowadays and it's still very affordable to this day. So yeah. it's like, there, there should be no I wish reason. any of them were actually good because I would actually buy them. I did buy a sort of 
all-in-one Mega Drive thing that was supposedly Sega endorsed at one point, and that seemed to work out fairly well. Uh, you know, I bought it for a friend for Christmas. They seemed to like it. You know, I was like, hey, I just wanted a little nostalgia trip there. It's, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even know what's going through their minds. Like, if they really believe this is competition for the virtual console, isn't that indicative of just how bad value the virtual console is to begin with? The amount they're asking for fucking NES games on that is ridiculous. Especially because these games have been in digital circulation for quite a while. And some of them haven't been, yeah. but... At this point, if you are not if you're not going about getting these things, then you're not going to get it now. Like the whole point of this is that if you never had a you you miss your NES, you want to be able to relive those old days. Not to mention you have an HD television that doesn't have composite cables anymore. Yeah. Then yeah, this is perfect for you. And the fact that they can't get enough out there is super disappointing. Yeah, it seems to me like if you really want an emulation box, there are a million and one ways to make an emulation box, and they're not even that expensive. You could just buy a fucking Ouya. Buy a used Ouya. It could do that. <laughs> a Raspberry Pi is $35. You could do it with that. Every phone ever, you can do it with that. And just plug it in with an HDMI cable. Go. There are so many ways. If you're hardcore into emulation, you're probably buying some of these custom machines. I've still got a fucking open Pandora on the shelf right over there. There was like a $500 little Linux console with a full keyboard that I used for emulation and stuff. There's all sorts of options. So there was another theory that they were just filling in the gap between production of the Wii U ending and the Switch starting, so they needed the factory for a few months, so they're like, hey, let's just build these. I don't know enough about manufacturing to even comment on that. That doesn't sound right, though. I don't know. At, I, at the end of the day, I think what they, if they really wanted to make everyone happy, they should have made this thing available all over the place. And... Like, if they were announcing they were discontinuing discontinuing the NES Classic right now, and it's been in healthy stock, I'd have no problem with that, because that would have given us the market at least, what, five, maybe six months to own this thing, and they're yes. everywhere. And now they're saying, you know what, the time's come, the anniversary came by, we're going to now pull it off the shelves, we're going to, you know, put our last bit out there, and that's it. But it's essentially just been... Uh, hey, that thing that you can't get, yeah, not only can you not get it still, but we're not going to sell it anymore. It's but you better not emulate it. It's $330 for one of these fucks on Amazon. Well, that's the cheapest, and eBay's just as bad. I, You know who I feel bad for? The guys that made accessories for these fucking things. They're fucked. The people that made the extension cables because this was how long the cable was. <laughs> The people that made the wireless versions of the controllers, the carry cases and everything, they're screwed. They're like, oh, this is going to be a great market going forward. No, it won't, because Nintendo ain't going to sell shit. They don't like money. They, that's just, they're so stupid. I, I wonder I wonder how much of it is Nintendo, because in my experience working with Nintendo, Nintendo of America has always been a pleasure to work with, and they've been very supportive of YouTubers and streamers. But when it comes to, but the, the corporate above is Nintendo Japan, and they're the and ones they're that, insane. Yeah, and so I, I think that that's got to be such a, a different mindset to have, where one side's like, yes, we're for the fans, we're with you, we want to support you guys, and all that stuff. And the other side, it's like, nope. We're a traditional Japanese company. We'll do things the way that we do. We don't listen to anybody, especially when it's outside of our own borders. We've seen so many examples of that over the last few months, and it's going to continue to happen. Yeah. Very, very silly. Super unfortunate. Super, super unfortunate. Yep. Yeah. And people's like, well, what if they weren't making a profit on it? 
Okay, one, if they weren't making a profit, then why would they have sold it? Yeah, why? You can't make the, the same argument as a new console where it's like, all right, we'll make a loss on the console, but we need an installed user base, and then we can make it back on the sale of games. You can't do that with an NES Classic. No, they had to have been selling that for a profit. Yeah. Also, how can you fuck that up? Like, uh, something that old? There's no way you could be selling that at that price and not be making money. Mm. That's insane. I they're not the same type of people that are like, you better not stream that Persona game or we're going to sue you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, the, it's that Japanese attitude where they're just, they just, I don't know, they live in their own bubble. I don't get it. When it comes to gaming, those corporate types in Japan live in their own damn bubble. Their way is the right way and the only way, and every other way is evil and yep. is trying to somehow cut into their profits. <laughs> it's in, it's bonkers. I, but this is the thing that everyone wants. Like, there, no one. Nintendo priced it perfectly, sixty bucks, right? But everywhere you go, it's one twenty, one fifty. Now three hundred, three hundred twenty bucks is how much it costs to get one now. Uh, one of my one of my favorite things that I noticed at PAX East this year was uh msrp right you that's like in in the united states msrp is like set at a specific price yes. you're not really allowed to legally sell above what is required right at at pax east there's a booth right across away from nintendo and they're selling switches for like four five six hundred dollars and they're just looking at nintendo looking at them and nintendo didn't really do anything obviously because it's like you know, it's their booth, right? Like, I mean, they're they just can't. there to show off Mario Kart and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, <laughs> people want to give Nintendo the money for the product that they want to get, not to the scummy retailer that's going to make six, $700 on it. Just just provide enough. And if you're worried about numbers, I mean, I know you're not a big fan of it, TB, but pre-order. Like, I want to put money to make sure that I get this product so we don't have to fight the market to find it later. Ultimately, like, in that situation, that's the only situation where pre-ordering is justified. The thing is, it should never have to happen. They should be meeting supply for this kind of shit. You shouldn't have to pre-order a year in advance and then still maybe not fucking get it. They should have this stock in. The fact that you still can't buy a Switch is bonkers to me. This is like, really? You know, I could understand maybe the launch, but... Get your fucking asses in gear. Come on. It's been about six weeks now. Like, come on. How long does it have to take to actually... I want to buy a thing. I can't buy a thing because you ain't keeping up with demand. And once again, you didn't predict demand. And I've been through way too many of these cases at fucking retail to view this as an accident at this point. I was like, I don't even think there's a grand conspiracy behind any of this. Because I, I can't even see what the end game is for Nintendo. It's like Nintendo aren't profiting off of Amiibo scalpers. They're not profiting off Switch scalpers or NES Classic scalpers. It's not like, you know, Ticketmaster owning a resale site and double dipping. I just, I don't, they're just bad. Like, that's the only explanation I've got. It's like, it's not some... People assume this level of competence from companies. Like, there's no way they'd make this mistake because they're a company and they're far too smart for that. What if they're not, yeah. though? <laughs> what if they're actually just stupid and that's why we're in this situation? Doesn't that actually make more sense? What if they're United Airlines? Yeah. What if? <laughs> what if? Dragging us off their planes. For... <laughs> you assume that a company that large could never make such a stupid mistake and then it happens. 
true. Uh, well, moving on to a company that isn't fucking up, although people are, well, some people are complaining about it anyway. Microsoft has introduced Steam-like refunds to Xbox Live. So you can refund a game within two hours of playtime, just like you can on Steam. They are the first console manufacturer to move into this territory, I believe. Up until this point, getting refunds from pretty much any console manufacturer for a game has been lol, no, fuck you. Nice to see this. I would think there wouldn't be any complaints about it. But. But. <laughs> well, the foremost on the side of complaining about this is one developer, the Chinese room, creators of Everyone's Gone to the Rapture and mm. Dear Esther. Your, your favorites. Oh, yeah. I, I love those guys. What, <laughs> upon, upon being given an interview in a major UK newspaper, The Guardian, the one where they claimed that I had said they were destroying the games industry. You know, that thing that I never fucking said. Yeah, I love those guys. Guardian, great newspaper. Just great, great newspaper source. Hey, source of authority. You want to talk great about news. fake news? Whenever Chinese room opens its mouth, that's fake news, apparently. They are against it, and they're against it on the basis of what people were panicking about when Steam refunds first came into. It's like, yeah, but what if short games, though? Basically, that's their argument. Like, our games are short, so everyone will just finish the game and they refund the game. Or, well, okay, one, if you have that little faith in customers, then why the fuck are you even in this business? You think that everybody is going to do that? You really seriously believe that. And honestly, I just, I don't understand. They make niche games for niche, niche, niche people. Now, everyone's got to the Rapture and DRS there. DRS there may very well have been more popular than it kind of had any right to be because it was sort of first on the scene with the whole walking simulator thing. And, you know, it also got bundled heavily. So a lot more people own that game than would really think. Right. But rapture on steam did very poorly like it sold uh it's been out for about a year it sold twenty four thousand copies which is not much bear in mind esther actually i think has over a million but a lot of those are from bundles and all that kind of thing right but honestly if you really think that your niche audience that you've created that you've attracted to this that actually want to play the whole walking simulator thing would then turn around and refund your game afterwards you create a pretty shitty customer base, haven't you? Right? Yeah. Aren't those the guys most likely to support you and not do that? I, I got to ask, you know, were the guys behind Firewatch worried about this at all? Because no, they weren't. Like, you can beat Firewatch in that time. Hmm. Or the vast majority of it, if you don't rush. Did Firewatch get destroyed by the Steam refund system? No, it didn't. Firewatch actually did real fucking well. Firewatch mm -hmm. sold over 600,000 copies. I think the yeah. average consumer, if they enjoyed the game, are not going to refund it. No, they're not. They're so, absolutely not. So I'm, I'm super unfamiliar with the refunding system on Steam uh, TV. If, let's say I'm the kind of user that is consistently buying games and beating them and getting a refund right away. Does Steam have a way of being like, hey, slow down, partner. You've yeah, bought a yeah. lot of games. Yeah, okay. it's, it's so, under the hood, but yes, they can cut you off at any time. If they think, and they've got algorithms to detect this, if they think you're abusing it, 
and you just ref you know you're beating games and refunding them and frankly there's not all that many games that you could beat in two hours and refund anyway at the best of times but yeah if you right. are abusing it yeah you can absolutely without a doubt they, they can stop that and i've heard of and i talked to a lot of indie devs i've heard of not a single case of where the refund system has been abused to the point where it's been a problem for any dev and even devs that have got a lot of refunds in the first week have admitted you know what we probably deserve that you know, because mm -hmm. this thing was broken or because these customers thought they were getting something that they weren't. This whole attitude to me is... It doesn't feel right. It's this idea of saying, oh, well, you don't like our game, but we don't think that you should get your money back. It's kind of mm -hmm. like making an excuse just to blanket your production of your game. Like, well, our game's short because we ran out of time, but, like, you should like it, so don't... Don't refund it because, cool, it's a short game. So don't, please don't, please don't do that. Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't think that there is this massive group of consumers that after playing and enjoying a short game, go and fucking refund it. I don't think that group exists. And, and if, honestly, and if, oh, sorry, and, if they, and if they did, I'm pretty sure Steam would, and Xbox at this point would probably, would shut them down. Pretty wise to that, yeah. Yeah, they would. They actually, they absolutely know about that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's. I I don't. It, it requires so much distrust of the market in general that again, I don't even understand why these people are still making games within it. If you think customers are that shitty, please go some like go to another industry, like that that you trust more. I just don't see that as a healthy relationship with your customers at all. Hmm. Yeah. I, I have a little like off tangent question. So we're talking about refunds. Do you guys personally go when you see a bad movie, do you go afterwards and be like, I demand a refund? No. no. I've never done that. Right. Can I you don't... even do that? It's people do. I, I, I have, it is I America. It. I guess you can ask a refund for anything, but. I have done it when, say, for example, the projector dies, and I'm like... Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. Because that was broken. That wasn't just the movie yeah, yeah. was not to my taste. This was the movie didn't work. Yeah, totally. I could see it happening if, like, you're watching the first, like, 10 to 15 minutes, and you're like, I don't think I'm going to like this, and you walk out, and you're like, I don't think I want to see this. But, like, if you sit through the entire movie, then you're like, all right, I don't want to see it. I want my money back here. Yeah. Well, if you got to the end of the credits, and then you realized... Oh, that was a shitty movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like you already. <laughs> oh man, I didn't realize it until now. But <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> I've had a friend like she went to a movie and she was normally like totally fine with horror movies, but she like felt super sick and right. like halfway through the movie like vomited because like the movie just made her feel super gross. And so she was like, "I'm sorry, I'm. Can I? I." will never ever watch the rest of this movie. like i'm so sorry this made me super sick like can i get my money back and they were like yeah didn't that happen to but, cloverfield viewers as well and also a hardcore henry i think because the camera yeah. perspective was actually giving people motion sickness yeah that's a legit reason but even i mean like, i, I i've, I've never done days, that even for movies i didn't enjoy like blair blair witch project like it was just the combination of the motion sickness and the scariness together like yeah people yeah it's mm -hmm. like people that order food and it's like when you first get the food and you take a bite and you're like, oh, I don't like this, take it back. Versus like, I ate all of it. And they're like, yeah, I didn't like that. Give me my yeah. money. Isn't that an argument in favor of what Chinese Room is saying though? Like that for a shorter game like that, 
you should realize that you hate it earlier than like two hours and you should refund it yeah, earlier than that. The short game is like a small little appetizer and you eat it in one bite and you're like, yeah, I didn't like it. It's like, well, that was the whole thing. It's like, <laughs> you know. Well, like, you know, you can, like, sliders are pretty good food, right? Like, everyone loves sliders. <laughs> yeah. You beat uh, them, keep the metaphor going. Okay, yes, no, yes. No, 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 I'm not sure that everybody loves sliders. sliders, but okay. You can have good sliders. Everyone you can love sliders. Ones. Doesn't mean they're good, though. <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying that. But what I'm what saying is, sliders? like, if you have, like, a slider, obviously it's not going to fill you up. But it's delicious and it's good. Sweet. I'm not going to ask for my money back. But if the slider sucks, yeah, I want my money back. Or I, maybe I'm not going to eat the rest of it because it's not very good. Yeah, White Castle. That's yeah. that is what we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking literally about white castle. Yeah, yeah. it's like you eat one yeah. chicken nugget out of your ten piece chicken nugget, and you're like, "Man, that made me feel sick. Maybe I shouldn't get chicken nuggets anymore, but I will. I'll still get chicken nuggets." I mean, I, I know that I compare uh, the rest of the chicken this nuggets. This metaphor all the is time. working. I'm positive. Yeah. <laughs> like when you eat pizza, then you eat like it's like pizza. You say like. I should have eaten this pizza, but you eat it anyway because it's fucking pizza. Yeah, it's like it's a hot like, dog where yeah. you take a bite out of your hot dog and you're like, you know, I don't want this hot dog anymore. Why are we all very hungry? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I, I think that and some people say, well, you should just never make a two-hour game. Like, well, fucking bullshit, you know? I no, that's garbage. I <laughs> no, I play games that are short on that. I mean, my favorite game of all time is Brothers, and that's two hours if you play at a reasonable speed. I fucking love Brothers. Because Brothers is fucking awesome. Would I have yeah. even considered refunding Brothers in a million years? Fucking no, I loved that. Are you kidding me? Yeah, why would you ever refund something you love? That That's the thing. That's the disconnect between yeah. what these guys seem to cynically yeah. view gamers as. As like, oh yeah, I really enjoyed this, but I really want my 10 bucks back. Right. Do you really think that's how people are? No, no, this is 100% a... Uh, we are afraid people are going to play our shit and think it sucks and then get a refund. But the way we're going to sell it is our games are very, very short and we are afraid that you'll love this game, but because you, uh, it's only two hours long or like an hour and a half that you'll then get a refund because that's how we're going to, it's just, it's a bullshit spin on it a is. bullshit thing. It is nothing to do with with them thinking that people are bad. It's them trying to not sound like fucking assholes for like making shit games. That's how it, that's the truth. Meow. Yeah. Like, sure, there'll be a couple people that are like, uh, I need to eat today. I'm just going to get this and then refund it. Sure. Yeah. Get some, but There's like, always a little like the majority isn't. Again. Yeah. You yeah if you make a game, even if it's a fucking hour long, if it's good and at the end of the day, people walk away like that was a blast, no one's going to ask for a refund. Get sucked with this bullshit storyline. Nah, nah, nah. Story, stories untold, Jesse. We played that last week on Scary Game Squad. It was like, what, like 10, 15 bucks? It was fucking worth it. Stories it was, Untold is literally just like typing the game. A, and, and, but the story, and by the end of it, like the hour and a half of actual gameplay, by the time it's over, you're like, that was the coolest fucking story. I'm so glad I was a part of that. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it, Chinese Room. That's true. Yeah. Those people, oh my God, they get a refund on the game to go get food. Then they get their food. They get a refund on the food. And they go see a movie. They get a refund on the movie. They just got three things for free. Yeah, but those are those people are assholes, and they're always <laughs> and those some chicken people. nuggets. Yeah, <laughs> and some chicken nuggets. Like that's. I mean, you have to accept that when you deal with any refund thing. There are always gonna be people, always in any industry, who's like, "Oh, I didn't like this. I want my refund." And you just take your fucking lumps. Like, it's just all the right, reality I'm not of it. Why you didn't There's like? There's always it, but... one bad chicken nugget in the bunch. Yeah, man. 
That's just the way it works. That's yep, the one that's nothing but that crispy. It's just batter. It's just chewy batter. No yeah. chicken in there at all. No chicken. Oh, you mean all chicken nuggets? Well, no. I mean, maybe if you buy pleb chicken nuggets, but if you buy the proper chicken nuggets, like, you know, a normal civilized adult would. I then... believe you mean chicken tenders. Those are proper chicken nuggets. Are... <laughs> tenders are the nuggets. T tenders maybe. and nuggets are not the same thing. You just got to buy those proper Archer Farms, gluten-free, non-GMO chicken nuggets. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Only available at Trader Joe's, $49.99. <laughs> Tell you what, you refund Persona after beating it, you're going to get some good chicken nuggets. Oh man, nope. 200 hours later. <laughs> hey, you speed run Persona in two hours, you deserve a prize. Yeah. Like, you deserve right? that like, refund. You deserve to have your money. It's like, back. how you did you do it. this? I'm still it's... in the tutorial. It's 10 hours in. How did, how did this happen? <laughs> Yeah, it's just oh man, it's just like inside of the game when you do when you do the like food challenges to up your guts. Man, you had guts. You beat that game guts. in two hours. Up them, up guts. them guts. You upped your up guts and guts. you got a refund. Yeah. Yep. And some chicken tendies. And some chicken tendies. Yep. <laughs> what yeah. is happening? Are we doing no. releases uh, now? Yes, we are doing oh, yeah. releases. <laughs> We're done with that. Our conclusion <laughs> being. Stop complaining and stop treating your customers like shit, and then they will respect you. It's really that simple. All nice. right, re releases as brought to you by and the fault of Mr. Eric Crendor Crendor. Cren Crendor here. Uh, so, uh -huh. first game on the list is Crawl for PC, Xbox One, and PS4. And what day Wait. are we on here? April 11th. Yes. From, we're doing it from Tuesday because we didn't do the show on Tuesday. It would miss a ah. bunch of good games otherwise. Okay. Wait, this game, this game, I think I've played. Probably. It's been in early access for a long ass time. Yeah. This game was super fun. Yep. It's like a multiplayer, like only one person is the warrior and then- And everyone else is the monsters. Yeah. Yeah. And then you swap, like if you kill that guy, then a different- person becomes the warrior yep oh that's cool oh, yeah cool. super awesome the only issue i've had with it is that they put they didn't put online into it it's uh, only what? local yeah it's only local people have been complaining since about this since they first went on early access but they seem to have no intention of going online oh, with it so it's like cool. oh that stings it's i so wish fun. they would yeah so i guess i'll have to wait until i'm next on the west coast and then we can play that yeah Sick. dude that's cool uh, next. Next game is Endless Horde. Endless... I bet it's uh, okay. Uh, so robots, yeah. Zombies. So bearing uh, in mind, you know that we give you the list to call to take out the stuff. Yeah, that but you look at the bottom boring. and see I get reviews. Look at those comments. It it what? has four user reviews and they were all given for free to people. It doesn't have a single legitimate review. Why did you pick this? <laughs> All right, listen, I may have just, you know, missed a couple in the calling. All right. Uh, we'll just... Uh, we'll just okay, move on we'll, here. We'll, 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 uh, give, we'll give you one. We'll give you one. Okay. All right. Brawl of Ages. Brawl of Ages. If I recall correctly, this is like a Clash Royale-style yeah, game Yeah, that's PC. what it reminded me of. Yeah. Free uh, to play. Oh, yeah, it looks like, it looks like Clash Royale, yeah. Yep. Yeah, very very Clash-like. Yeah, I might have a look at it. Obviously, it's competing with Minion Masters at the moment. Mm -hmm. On which is actually a very fun game. Hey, is this by S2? No, it's published by S2. It's developed by a company called BNA. I've never heard of them, but yeah, sort of Look early access. Mm, I don't know. Kind of free to play us. I don't know. I, I I think Minion Masters looks like it may be a little less 
free-to-play bullshit, but I don't know. I'll, I'll check this out. They had some pack for it on Chrono GG the other day. Hmm. That's where I first heard of it. Okay. Uh, next up is Spark the Electric Jester. Oh, oh yeah. shit. It's a 2D platformer. Obviously, this is a 2D mascot platformer, I guess. It looks it's like Super yeah. Nintendo. Wait, I feel like, I think this has been on the list before. I Possibly last week. I think it was delayed a week, hmm. but it is out now. It's got snowboarding in it. It's got quite a lot of snowboarding in it, it as it turns out. It's actually a looks rad dude. Pretty dude. good. What was that Nintendo 64 snowboarding game? 1080. Rad dudes. 1080. No, I don't know if it was 1080. I don't think it was called 1080 Rad Dudes. Nintendo 64 Jesse. snowboarding games. 1080. Yeah, I remember 1080. Snowboard kids. Snowboard kids. Yeah. Dude, is it in kids? any way like this? Because I'm gonna go with no. Dude, this, Snowboard Kids is awesome. This is like a... We're talking about Spark, right? This looks like, yes. a, like a snow Sonic. Sonic. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Sonic. that's exactly what it is. Krennel's just talking out of his ass. Yeah, it, it's, very, game. it's very Sonic-esque. It looks good, though. It reminds me a bit of... Uh, oh, God, what the fuck is the name of that really good one? The game that people thought was Freedom a furry Planet. game. Freedom, Freedom Planet. Planet, yes. Yeah. The game with the furries in it, that one, yes. <laughs> yeah, this looks pretty good for a platformer. Next. Next up, we got Escape Lizards. Escape now, Lizards. I didn't actually look at this one, but oh I saw Escape Lizards, and I was like, how could this be bad? I can think of several ways. <laughs> uh, it's a challenging, tricky platformer. Escape Lizards is a challenging, tricky platformer where you must navigate the lizard's eggs across increasingly precarious platforms to get Wait, to the but finishing not, you're belt. Not a lizard. You're the egg. <laughs> well, the lizard takes too much to. It's fucking kind of marble madness tilts the board rolly game. Eggscape oh lizard. Eggscape lizards. Yes. Eggscape That's what it should have been. Come on, man. Come I mean, on, guys. Come on, man. All that would have been this... excellent. Oh, God, I hate all of you. Here we, we go. This doesn't look too bad, though. It actually doesn't look that bad. I thought it'd look worse. Next. Um, next up, had to keep this one on the list. Japanese women animated jigsaws. Oh, God damn it. I knew, you, I knew you'd fucking keep this in here. This is not what Jesse is hoping for. Let me put it that it's way. It's not. They're real people. They're real like they're Japanese real? women. And they're animated, which is really fucking creepy. I like this one. This girl Wait, what? A huge bite out of a thing of watermelon. <laughs> Dude, I got to play this game. Why? It's just a, it's a jigsaw puzzle. There's nothing to play. Oh my god, this is creepy. This is creepy. It's terrifying. Oh my god, it's so weird. It's terrifying. It's just, it's just oh, the bath one is weird. Oh, literally, weird. somebody just bought a bunch oh of stock god. footage of Japanese women and turned it into fucking jigsaw puzzles. It's Dude, dumb. When you complete the jigsaw, oh, the you get the actual scene the that it's based off of. It's a little movie. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I like the end of the description is great. The description is animated jigsaws is a jigsaw puzzle game with videos instead of pictures. Japanese women animated jigsaws contains moving images of Japanese women. In Japanese, clothes called kimono, cool wearing yukata, Maiko in Kyoto relaxed in a hot spring, and etc. Please enjoy various. Please enjoy various. Please That's enjoy it. Various. Dude, there's no period at the end either. Oh it just my keeps God, going. Please enjoy various. One, one review. <laughs> One. I am begging you, please enjoy Farius. 
Yeah, what's the review say? I have no idea how to properly explain my experience with this game. It's exactly what it looks like. If you are interested in jigsaw puzzles or like the theme of this game, then you will probably enjoy it. Thanks, Chrissy. I started my quest with the umbrella after fixing up her. Oh, my God. Next game. Next, next game. game. Right. Uh, let's see. Next game, we got uh, Shock Tactics. Ah, yes. Uh, this looks potentially interesting. Uh, single player, turn based sci fi tactics game, kind of XCOM esque, apparently, but also has some base building and stuff in it. Like, that seems like it'll be right up my alley, but I wonder if it's any good. The reviews at the moment are pretty mixed on it. The aesthetic looks fairly hideous. Uh, I don't know. It, it does look a, a bit like a knockoff XCOM. It actually looks very much like a knockoff XCOM. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, it's got to be done well. Oh, wow. It even has slowdown when you shoot too many bullets, just like XCOM does. The authentic oh, XCOM yeah. experience. It also yeah, runs like shit. Thanks. Does it have Japanese women? I'm going to assume no. Damn. Next Probably game. No next game. Either. Next game. Uh, all right. Next game is A Rose in the Twilight for PC and Vita. What? Sure. Use Vita, a Vita game? Vita games still exist. As long as they are visual novels, they generally exist. Or J, J Dungeon Crawlers. They're, they're a thing too. Uh, oh, this looks interesting. I'll play this. Yeah. Yeah, what's, what is this all about? I'm trying to skip forward to a bit. I can actually see. All right. Kind so of it's a weird puzzle platformer it's, thing. It's, yeah, yeah, side scrolling. Yeah, pretty cool art. Potentially horror-ish game. Okay. That is a weird ass looking. That's like a giant that is also a cinnamon bun of sorts. Mm. <laughs> My favorite type. Of <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I love cinnamon giants. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that looks intriguing. All right. I'd be down to check it out. What we got? Next. Uh, All right. Next up, we got Spring Bonus. Now, this one, I had to throw in here because it's spring. We're getting the Easter. Thought we'd keep it a little festive. (laughs) This is a fucking match three with animals, isn't it? (laughs) That is literally all it is. No. It's what? more than that, right? How how most, is it how is, is it more? more. <laughs> Explain to me how it's more. <laughs> well, uh-huh. I can't. So no. <laughs> uh, right. And you know that Ornstein or Smog, I don't know much about Dark Souls, is very upset about this. <laughs> <laughs> this I bet like, he loves spring bonus. This this is Crandor, and this is me. I have a question. <laughs> is there like a, a program out there that you can pay for to just make your own puzzle game? Because this just looks like someone went to Google Image <laughs> or DeviantArt and just took like three associated images and were like, it's a puzzle game and called it a day. No. You know, actually, I mean, there's quite a lot of there's, Unity oh templates can that you can use. Match to- three? Yes. Cren 3? I mean, there was, there was loads of people doing it with, uh, there's a way to make the, your own 2048. Like, you can make that very easily. There are some Unity, like, pre-builds you can do where you just swap assets in. So it's entirely possible. I don't know. The non-content match three. Cool. I can use various versions of your faces, so it's not exactly no, you, no, but you, your likeness. You're not, you're not allowed to do that. I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> Next. 
All right. Uh, next up, we have Cosmic Star Heroin. Yeah, I've heard good things about this one. It's by the Z-Boy guys, the guys that make Cthulhu Saves the World and Breath of Death 7. Ooh, this looks cool. Yeah, they said they were going to try and make a Fantasy Star-like game, like the old school Fantasy Star. And it got kickstarted, if I recall correctly. And from what I'm hearing so far, a lot of good things about Cosmic Star Heroin, if that is what you are looking for. Cool. Oh, yeah, I totally saw this at uh, MAGFest earlier this year. This seems like it would be right up your alley, Gerard. Yeah, I'm yo, I actually might check this out. Jesse's too, actually. Although I know you were more of a square person than you were a you kind of Sega fantasy star sort of dude, but it's hip to be square. Yeah, it's hip to be square, yo. Oh, Hyperduck did the soundtrack. They're the guys that made the soundtrack for like Dust and um whatever the fuck that kind of Metroid like game was. It was really good. Yeah, I might buy it just for the oh, soundtrack. Oh, uh, Axiom Verge? No. No, it was the other one. Oh, God, what the fuck is the name of it? I'm... Ah! Ares. Ares Extinction Agenda. Yeah, uh, they okay. did a killer oh. soundtrack for that. Yeah, I might get it on that basis alone then. Looks good. Uh, Next up is Arrow. What, Arrow? Just Arrow? A-A-E-R-O. A-A-E-R-O. A-A, like A-A-R-O-N. Oh. A like space, but like with an extra A. Oh, okay. Like, right. Yeah, like, but with an extra A. Yeah, like arrow with an extra A, and then you take an E and an R and an O, and you put them all together, and you get arrow. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a... It looks like a... A flying it, rhythm. On, it's kind of cool, I'm not going to lie. It's, yeah. It, it, it's a kind of on Rails Res-esque kind of game. By the looks yeah. of it, it's actually very Res, sort of Panzer Dragoon rail shooter very driven by music. It actually does look pretty fucking cool. I love the way it looks. And I actually like res style games. Uh yeah. I might have a look at this. This looks neat. Yeah. Uh next up is the sexy brutale. Indeed. Yo, which we've yay. already talked about. Yeah. Next. Um, next up is ukulele. Which we have spent <laughs> enough time on already. Next. <laughs> ten out of ten. Stardew Valley Collector's Edition. Yeah, I'm gonna cool. assume that is for consoles. Yeah, I bought uh, it the yes. other day. Now they just need multiplayer. That's coming, right? I hope so. So that would make me to. play it again. Um, next up is Caro Blaster. How do you spell that? K E R O Blaster. K E R O Blaster. Okay. This looks weird. It you got pretty good ratings. And it looks weird. This looks like an Atari 2600 game. Yeah, look at that. Kettle, uh, uh. <laughs> kettle. Look at that one. Yeah, it's like a big-ass bear man. A weird mm-hmm. snake man. It's like yeah. you got different... Yeah, this is this is very old school. It's It looks like an Atari 2600 game, but like all the interface is pure NES sort of. Yeah. Right. Contra, Mega Man kind of stuff. Yeah. Next. Yeah. Next up is uh Starblood Arena. Star Blood Arena? Yeah, I can't Star find Blood this. Arena. Is it Star Space Blood? No. No. Is is this on PC? This is on PS4. Oh, that'll ah. be why I can't find it then. Okay. Yeah. What what's that all about then? Uh oh, I don't know. 
What do you mean what? you don't know? You don't know. <laughs> You're supposed to know. That's why you left it in the list, right? I think I accidentally uh, missed calling that one out. Oh, for Christ's uh, sake. Yeah, yeah right, it's, it's Metacritic, 68%. That, the score doesn't matter. It, <laughs> it's a it, it's a VR kind of a... It's a VR, a VR arena game by the looks of it. For oh, okay. PlayStation VR. All right. Uh, next up, Planescape Torment Enhanced Edition. Yep. That's something that's already sucking up a lot of time from my wife she's playing a lot of it already uh it's what it says it is you know one of the best crpgs of all time but now hopefully a little bit better uh yeah, yeah. uh next up project surviving oh god now i kept this one on the list for a few reasons one i like survival games i would try this out two it said it released april 11th yet it is not available and hopefully it never will be like in this trailer. <laughs> this looks what? like absolute dog shit. Way, uh, way to put him on blast, Crendor. I gotta try the game out, alright? You gotta call him out. This is this is an asset flip. Like this is just yeah, a generic thing is, they just bought from the Unity store. This is this is what the refund system was made for. Yes. There are 50 <laughs> games that are literally identical to this because he just this bought game, it and resold you it. You understand, this is a day night cycle. They all have that. <laughs> it has a crafting system. <laughs> they all go. have that. <laughs> what else? What else? Cred door. Also, Tell me. Uh, a building system. Oh my god! I'm also <laughs> also read that logo and tell me that actually says surviving and not serving. It looks oh more god, like no project. No it looks like project <laughs> serving. They couldn't even write the word they were using as part of their goddamn name. <laughs> <laughs> Project Surviving. You know, the point of this whole culling yep. thing was to avoid things like this. Let's move on. All right, yep. next up, we got ourselves Ultimate Epic Battle Simulator. Oh, this one, yeah. yeah. It's exactly what it sounds like. You want to put Romans against U.S. Marines and all that kind of shit and watch them fight? That's basically what it is. Oh, right great. now, the game's kind of more of a giant benchmark for your CPU than anything else. I'm not sure there's an actual game there yet. Like, you just kind of watch the bullshit happen. Uh, people I think, are saying well, when people workshop stuff and mod things, it's going to be really good. Well, but. I mean, it will be if they make a game out of it. As it stands, it's more of like a toy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Krender, I don't know if it's on your list, but just because it was kind of a surprise for everyone, but Bayonetta also came out on PC recently. It did. Yeah. 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 20 bucks for Bayonetta. Should yeah, definitely. Definitely worth it, especially since uh, I think it's like I heard it's available in 4K. Did I make that up? Yes. Yeah. That's pretty sick. <laughs> uh, did I just make that up right now? <laughs> it's supposedly the best version. Not that that takes much because most of the versions were kind of shit. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next up is The Wild Eternal. The Wild Eternal. Yeah. And what is it? Uh, let me read it for you. Get lost beneath the fog in the wild eternal, a reflective first person exploration game. Embark on a meditative journey to heal the scars of your past. There's a fox in it. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's a fox and he's talking. <laughs> and the fox says, Before you arrived, my only real companions were the shrines. <laughs> oh, that is a sad existence. I'm trying to figure out exactly what you do in it. It seems to be a mostly walking simulator. Yeah, it seems Might like have a few puzzles uh, here and there. Yeah, yeah that's Akka what it seems like. I was talking about this the other day. 
Hmm. Yeah. Relaxing story rich exploration game is uh the tags. So okay. all right. Next. Uh Mr. Shifty. Duh. Oh yeah. I heard about this one quite recently. I think it's uh Tiny Builds publishing it. Yeah. Oh, this looks cool. Yeah, uh they they're comparing it a bit to Hotline Miami in some respects. But cool. you are you can dash and dodge a lot more. It does look pretty fucking awesome. It's one of those ultra hard, holy shit, you die in one hit, crazy determinator sort of games. This was kind of right up Dodger's alley. I wouldn't have the patience for this shit, this I don't think. This looks super but fun to me. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Mm. Uh, yeah, next up is The Ruins VR. VR yeah, Escape actually. Room. It's an escape room. I really okay. like escape room things on the VR, though. That's like one of the few types of games I actually enjoy playing on the VR. Yeah. Mm. This is like the third game from this company, apparently. They just make these things over and over. Yeah. <clears throat> I know there's one escape room thing. It's like a spaceship one. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the Jackbox Party Pack 3. Not safe oh. work. Not safe for work edition? Was that? Because it's NSW. No, that's Nintendo Switch, not not safe oh, for work. Oh, shit, dude. So it's Jackbox <laughs> on the Switch, okay. Not yeah. safe work? Which, to be fair, is not an safe idea. Work? Not safe for Switch? That's actually an ideal use for the Switch, a Jackbox machine. For sure, yeah. Yeah. Not safe work? <laughs> not safe work? God damn it. <laughs> Next. Uh, all right, the uh, Twist of Destiny. Turn-based RPG, lead up to four characters around the world in dangerous adventures. Okay. There's a character named Ben Dover. Oh, started the video. Watch it. It's a frog taking a bong hit or something. Wow, that certainly sounds like the kind of humor I would enjoy. One of the bosses is a rotten tomato. It would appear. Yeah, there's some weird characters in this thing. Yeah, it's got an interesting art style to it. Yeah. That guy just did like a super flip over a sheep or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't quite know what's going on with that. I'm sold though. Yeah. Definitely check that one out. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got a Aquila bird flight simulator. Why? Uh, that's been on there for like four weeks, I think. Yeah, fuck what? that. We've seen that before. Next. But it's releasing now. <laughs> And it um, looks as crap as it did four weeks ago. Next. <laughs> you can be a bird. Next. Right, the next is uh, The Search. <laughs> the Search. Okay. Story-driven an... puzzle adventure where mm. the art comes to life. It looks so really cool. good, though. It looks pretty. Yeah. Does it? Well, like, what yeah, do you like, do? The, like, everything looks really crisp. Yeah. I mean, it looks just like your basic you hidden object you game, really. Embark on a journey of discovery and inspiration in the search. A I like how you didn't wait for what, what do you do? But like, what? Do you need me to read it again? Embark on a journey of discovery and inspiration. <laughs> I regret in the everything. <laughs> this just looks like an old, like early 1990s. Oh, like, here we go. DOS. In an, yeah. In an unknown world, does. you'll search for clues about the nature of this place as well as your own past. Guided by the only, or uh, guided only by the letters of a mysterious stranger, you'll find that this universe works differently from our own. 
Next. Yep. Next. Yep. <laughs> yeah, next. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got Sonia the Great Adventure. Hidden object game. This is a hidden object game. Why is this on the list? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, next. <laughs> we got a uh, Hello Inc. VR. Casual action shooting, throwing. <gasps> it's a VR defense game. There's like five oh, thousand these giant penguins. But it has penguins. giant penguins in it. Yeah, you, just yeah. throw, you just throw throwing stars at penguins. This truly yeah, changes everything. Penguins. VR will now be a success. Next. Definitely be checking that one out. Um, and penguin. finally, we have Need for Drink. Need for Drink. Casual multiplayer game about competition between the spouse's a drunk out husband and his brawler wife. <laughs> what? <laughs> and the That's ever actual shit is this thing. A Wait. five minute registration of the most famous dating website. 10 seconds waiting for the perfect match algorithm to search. A short dialogue with your perfect match. A 30 minute date after a hard work day. Some other rash decisions. Marriage. Need for Drink is a casual multiplayer game about the competition between the spouses, a drunkard husband and his brawler wife. Current what? features, several different single-player multiplayer game modes, two playable characters, funny gameplay, a beautiful location, many different types of alcohol to drink or break, many different types of foods to munch on, lots of comedic voice lines, and a chance to meet new people. The fuck is this thing? What the fuck? <laughs> what? I watched the whole trailer and I don't, I'm none the wiser. Same! I'm watching it right now, and I'm like, I don't know what. Like, I don't know what this is. Later, like, what the fuck is this? Why is this in early access? What feedback <laughs> could possibly be given here? My feedback is never release a video game again. <laughs> the logo, the logo looks like it had more work done to it than the actual game. It really does. The logo is different from the logo in the actual image for the game. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, that Thank was the releases. Basically, no I think our takeaway from that is play the sexy brutal and everything else can fuck off. Yeah, Crandored by the releases. What? Animated jigsaw Japanese women? Yeah, I think we can avoid that actually, weirdly <laughs> enough. I, I think I can resist the temptation. <laughs> I'm going to purchase that one right now. You feel free. Crandor, you need to stream that right now when you're done. Dude, yeah. they also have wild animals animated jigsaw. I'm sure they do. Like, do you just become a channel that covers nothing but that, and that'll be okay. It's gonna be like those weird toy channels to get like a billion views. But just you do jigsaw puzzles? But yeah, I do jigsaw puzzles. Dude, I'm telling you, that's the way YouTube's going. <laughs> All jigsaw. Well, everyone knows you can't make money on YouTube anymore because Wall Street Journal said so, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Because that's it's how it dying. works. Yeah. Pretty much YouTube has been dying ever since I started. Yeah, it's been weird, that. I told yeah. it was dying in 2010. It lasted... Puppy dog jigsaw? It's all right. <laughs> Thank you for watching glasses. the Co-Optional Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Before we go, I'd like to tell you about the things we're going to be doing over the next week or so. Jesse, what's coming up on your channel? What's going on? Yo, uh, man, do I have a lot of fun things coming to you. Let me tell you. They're going to be so much fun. In the meantime, I'm still working on my YouTube Red Show. So until then... Just know fun things are happening. Also, have you checked out my Instagram.com slash Notorious COX? Because that's what you should do. That's where you really should go. A lot of fun mm. stuff on there. A lot of fun times. You can see some background stuff of what's going on with this show. And uh, yeah, then I'll be back to normal eventually. But 
Man, we in the thick of it now. So that's what I'll say. Also, more Cox and Crendors are coming to your life. So many of them. So many. I can taste them. You can taste <laughs> it. It tastes like meatballs. Mm. And burning. And syphilis. Ooh. No, I don't want <laughs> oh, Joe, What's coming up on the channel this week? What's going on? Um, Hi, guys. Uh... You know, we got the gaming news. We got the anime news. We got we got the anime and gaming nonsense. If that anime sounds like it's up to your alley. Ganimating. Um, I was going to stream after this, but I think I'm going to focus on doing some wedding stuff that really needs to get done. So I was going to stream after this, but I lost the will to live after being yeah. on the show. So. But now that Crendor. I've got now syphilis from Cox and Crendor, <laughs> yeah. I figure no, I, I should attend syphilis. to myself. <laughs> Um, yeah, I stream most days. I do YouTube, and you're more than welcome to join our dumb family. Oh, Gerard, what's coming up? Uh, yeah. Uh, right now you can go after this. You can go check out my ukulele video. It just went up. Uh, next week, or next week is just a. I'm doing Pikmin, but then the long-awaited completionist Breath of the Wild is on its way. It took me. Almost six weeks to do it, so <laughs> that's that's a thing. Um, other than that, you know, I'm I'm filming Scary Game Squad with Jesse all the time. That's always a blast and uh, multiplayer mayhem. So check that out on Jesse's channel. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to get back into doing Twitch stuff. I'm doing I'm doing an Oculus Rift stream in a couple of days. I'm not, I just got an Oculus, so that's gonna be that's gonna be crazy for me because I I don't do VR. But yeah, other than that. You know, every Friday I complete a game. Come check me out. It's fun. I like I'm games. I'm sure you'll love the <laughs> Oculus, but expect to encounter the wonderful evangelists. Have you heard about our Lord and Savior Vive? We're here to save you from the great Satan that is Oculus Rift. <laughs> yeah. We know <laughs> I, that Facebook I, is putting ads directly into your brain. The wonderful Savior Vive will never do this. <laughs> Cult-like fucking behavior of these people. We just Jesus. need your blood. Indeed. Yeah. I call them the Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like yep. my vibe because they gave I, it to me for free. Yeah. I, I didn't put a lot of effort into that. Um, Do I dare ask what Krenner was doing? I mean, hey. I wasn't planning on it, but it looks like I'm going to have to give him the going. opportunity. <sighs> I am here, and I'm going to be streaming every night. I stream late after everyone's gone to sleep, uh, unless Sam's streaming 12 hours, in which case he's still going, and I'm like, God, he has all the auto hosts. Uh, but yeah, we could take play... him off the list. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he's actually streaming right now because he's waiting for the show to end, so he's gonna get that big bump. <laughs> not a, I not know if I got to say, but I'm gonna host a StarCraft channel directly after this show. <laughs> fuck him and fuck you. He even what? played Battle well, Brothers because he was like, "Oh, he said they I played I Battle bet. Brothers. Yep. I did." Uh, oh, no original <laughs> ideas. I have. I have. I'm riding the coattails of my superiors. That's how he sounds, right? Who would do such a thing? We love him, really. We're just being mean. That's twitch.tv slash Crendor. Follow my Instagram, too. Crendor was taken. I was copying Sam until he stopped doing Instagram. So that's cool. He gets bored of anything that can't make immediate money. That's just how he is. That's how the Southerners are. They're born into privilege with a silver spoon in one's mouth, and they can't get rid of it. Uh, and then my YouTube, I've been making dumb Hearthstone gimmicks with the Ungoro stuff, so that's been fun. Uh, I also made a pointless top 10 of my pointless top 10s, so we're getting very meta. And uh, 
Yeah. Cox and Crendors. Follow me on the Twitter. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but not much coming out of me this week, although the temptation to make little animated shorts with this guy. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's getting it's getting pretty hard to resist. But Battle Brothers probably happen. And there's a bunch of other stuff that I've been trying to play to get into a reasonable state to look at. If they finally fix the saving in Domino, I'll do a video of that, and I'm definitely going to be looking at the Sexy Brutal. And if we can get a words, use your words thing going over the next couple of days, I'd love to. That sounds like a brilliant idea. Yeah. Sounds great. I would be down for that. Yeah, that would be fun. So we should do that. That's us about done. That show dragged on way too long, and now we know why we don't do five-person shows. (laughs) <laughs> this is hey, entirely the I had fun though did you guys have fun yes had fun. we had fun yeah. in spite of ourselves it's not about the length it's about the fun and the motion of the ocean nope all right <laughs> time to go. it was it was all going so well thank you very much for watching folks big thanks to our sponsor today who probably won't return after this bullshit squarespace squarespace.com slash corruption for your free trial and 10 percent off your first order are you sick of hearing about squarespace well you're screwed because they're now sponsoring jesse and dodger as well so you're going to be hearing about squarespace until you die Woo! just accept it we got Squarespace money. You can go to hell. Thank you for watching, folks. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.